The biggest games. Racky for three, got it to go. The most compelling stories. Three of the former players said sons were on this uh, particular Monroe team. The area's best high school sports coverage. Throws it down with two hands, the whole hoop is shaking. That's a 10, that's a 10, baby. This is Zimbrick Honda's presentation of Prep Mania on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app and Wisconsin On Demand. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Zimbrick Honda's presentation of Prep Mania. Tonight, we have a fantastic Big 8 matchup on hand as the second-ranked Middleton Cardinals play host to the always-game Wildcats of Verona. Another place that's always game is Zimbrick Honda. As for nearly 50 years, Zimbrick Honda has provided the Madison area with quality Honda vehicles. The trusted staff of Zimbrick Honda's used car dealership will save you time and reduce your car buying stress by finding the vehicle that matches your style. If you're in the market for a new Honda or a used Honda, visit Zimbrick Honda in Madison today or online at ZimbrickHonda.com. Hello again, folks. My name is Riley Yauk. Special thanks right off the bat to Alex Gravatt, Chuck Stanger, and Ryan Wollersheim helping run the show with audio and video, respectively. And then, of course, our announcers, Hunter Vaughn and the Dean, the man himself, Dennis Semrau, they will be on the call tonight. And I think now that we're, we're a few weeks into things, it's starting to get a little easier, fall into place. And I think we found our footing a little bit. We messed up the first time. Second time last week was a lot better. So now, without further ado, it's time to get into the Canopy Wealth Management Keys to Success. This is the Prep Mania Game Plan, presented by Canopy Wealth Management. Plan for your future with Canopy Wealth Management. Visit canopy-wealth.com. And with that, we welcome in the Dean, Dennis Semrau. Mr. Semrau, how are you doing tonight? Very good. Good night in the house. A little rain ahead of time. I was talking with Jocko and the Channel 15 Jocko. guys out here. It's the game of the week for NBC 15. So okay. uh, it's good to see Jocko in the house. Uh, uh, Kevin Bavery, the head basketball coach, got a seat 50-yard line. Uh, one of the first ones in the stands. Wow. Uh, very impressed with that. So, uh and, and uh, yeah, this is my school district. My daughter graduated from Middleton. So, oh, very cool. Uh, I have to uh, put that out front right away. <laughs> it will be a neutral broadcast. Are but, you sure about that, Dennis? You're going to have a uh, little, my ta- little my cardinal bias? My tax dollars <laughs> have supported this. Uh, not the stadium. The stadium was all privately raised funds. Oh, and wow. it is gorgeous entryway, the restrooms, the concessions, brand new scoreboard out here tonight. Uh, the turf looks very good. And, of course, They've, uh, Middleton was the first high school to go to uh, artificial turf in the Madison area. Wow. A couple decades ago now it's been. Dang. But uh, a little rain, a little drizzle early, but it looks like it might start to clear up. Perfect night, Friday night for high school football. Uh, the battle in the Big 8. Okay. The best teams coming in. Awesome. That's good to hear, Dennis. And, you know, I'll be I'll be listening closely to see if any of that, that little cardinal <laughs> bias shows through. But we'll see. We're actually going to start with the visiting Verona Wildcats tonight. They dominated the Big 8 last year. They went undefeated in conference play. And then just last week demolished Madison East 43 to nothing. What do they have to do tonight to replicate that success against a very, very uh, good Middleton team? Three keys, stay ahead of the chains. That's limit drive-killing penalties. Keep the playmakers for Middleton. That's the quarterback, Gabe Pacini, and running back, Bryce Falk. 
a couple of potential All-State players keep uh, them in, contained. And win the special teams battle. Last year, Middleton got a fake punt, didn't mm-hmm. get points, but uh, Verona blocked a punt, and it set up their only touchdown. Drive was, uh, I believe, seven yards. It was inside the 10. That was the only scoring drive that uh, Verona had. They had two field goals in the fourth quarter, the margin of difference in a 13-7 to game. But uh, Verona would like to keep their winning streak. They've got a three-game winning streak in games uh, at Middleton. It goes back to okay. 19, or to 2015, the last time Middleton beat Verona on this field. So they'd like to keep that streak intact. Wow, eight years. Not too shabby for the Wildcats. And now going to your, I'll, I'll say your daughters, not your Dennis Semrows, <laughs> the Middleton Cardinals. They had their own dominant shutout last week, beating Madison LaFollette 48-0 behind an absolute aerial assault. They're also ranked second in the state in the AP poll, only behind Kimberly for large schools. What are they looking to do tonight to break that streak and stave off a very hungry Verona team? Well, first of all, the last time they won in this series, 2021 over at Verona, it was a 30 to nothing domination. That's what Middleton would like tonight. (laughs) Trust me, talking to the coaches. First of all, they need to minimize the big plays. They have to watch for the deep throw. Lago Messino, the quarterback, uh, has been able to hook up with Mike Volishka. He's also got uh, Trey Poteet, one of the top recruits from the uh, class of 2025. So they've got to keep the big plays. The first week against Muskego, if you remember, Trey Poteet returned a kickoff for a touchdown. Mm -hmm. Hunter and I are trying to guess, why did teams even kick to Poteet? We'll (laughs) see if Middleton does tonight. But minimize those big plays. Need consistent drives on offense. The last two weeks, back-to-back shutouts, they've what they've been able to do is quick strong plays. Tonight, to keep Verona's offense off the field, they really would like to have a nice 8-10 play drive, maybe eat four or five minutes off the clock. Mm-hmm. And then always important in a big game like this, win the turnover battle. We've had games this year where turnovers haven't quite made a difference, but when these teams are fighting for a conference title, that one interception or lost fumble could make a difference. Okay, I guess we'll have to see how it all transpires. Thank you very much, Dennis. It's a pleasure, as always, as those were your Canopy Wealth Management keys to success. As with over 90 years of collective experience in the wealth management industry, the team at Canopy Wealth Management is prepared to help guide you through your life transitions. Whether you prefer the high-level information or enjoy the intricate details of the planning process, they've invested heavily in client-friendly software, so your assets and plan progress are Available to view in one place at any time. At Canopy, care, competence, and clarity aren't just buzzwords, they're a promise. Go to canopy-wealth.com to get started with them today. That's canopy-wealth.com. And we're going to step aside here, be back in a few minutes. You're listening to Zimbraconda's presentation of Prep Mania. Welcome back to Zimbrick Honda's presentation of Prep Mania. And now it's time for the UW Credit Union Student Athlete of the Week. Congratulations to Rob Booker of Wanakee. Our ESPN Madison UW Credit Union Student Athlete of the Week, Robert Booker II from uh, Wanakee High School. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Multiple sport athlete. At one time, you were a basketball star in the making, right? And what did you like about basketball? You know, it was it was fun to me because I was good at it. The game kind of came easy to me, but then I kind of grew out of it, grew out of the love for the game. 
started playing football. During the pandemic, you didn't play as a freshman. Join it in sophomore year. The success you had to that kind of, hey, I've got a future in this. Coach is telling you, you should concentrate on this because you could be going at the next level. Yeah, totally. How the idea got brought to me was my coaches, you know, saying like, hey, your future's not in basketball. It's, it's at Warrior Stadium. So I listened to him, gave him a chance. And I'm super glad that I did that because it, it really did change my life. You've got a coach who's won seven state titles. And uh, you were part of one of those. Yep, a sophomore year. What was that whole atmosphere to finish at Camp Randall? It was insane. Obviously, I didn't get to play, so that was that was unfortunate. I, but it was worth, uh, you know, environment and atmosphere at Camp Randall. You know, coming back home too, and all the fire trucks are following us in the bus. It, it was a really, really cool experience for me. The recruiting process, you made a commitment, you made a change. Do you want to describe kind of what the mind that? Yeah. So obviously, I was committed to the University of Wisconsin for about five, five and a half months. When my recruiting process started to heat up. You know, all my friends, my family, everyone around here is Badger fans, including myself. I grew up once, so I kind of looked at the opportunity like I have to take this, and everyone else was kind of telling me the same thing. And then obviously after further reflection, I ended up decommitting just because I thought, you know, I made the decision based off of what other people thought. It was kind of a rushed process as well, uh, which is my fault. I take full responsibility for that. But, you know, after reflection, I kind of realized I want to go away from home, meet new people, network with new people, while also playing for a high caliber football program and getting a great education. And UCLA checked all those boxes for me. So what do you plan to study at UCLA? Computer science. So what do you want to do for career? Software engineer. Or actually, I do want to come back and coach at the collegiate level. Well, obviously, and NFL too, but if both those backfire, then software engineer. What would you like to create? I don't know. I'm so it's still kind of new to me. Sky's the limit. Yeah, I just think that career is intriguing to me. And also picked up a, another hobby or talent uh, during the pandemic. Yeah, playing a uh, keyboard piano. I'm not the best. I'm not you know the classic Beethoven. I, I can't memorize like keys or any of that. But I'll watch YouTube videos of songs that I like, like theme songs for movies, like Michael Myers theme song. I don't know how to play that. Stuff like that. You know, just cool stuff people will recognize. I'll pick those up, learn how to play it for fun in my free time. You look back in your time at Wanakee. What's going to be the best memory or the change? as a student athlete? I would say the people, the coaches, the students, my teammates, I think everyone plays a role in how they develop. To me at least, I think that's probably one of the most important things you can do in life is network, have connections, meet new people, and the bonds are built at Wanakee High School with all the people have been great. So Rob Booker, our ESPN Madison UW Credit Union Student Athlete of the Week, outstanding football player headed to UCLA. Rob, I hope you have a great senior year and it's been a pleasure. Thank you, I appreciate it. Congratulations once again to the UW Credit Union Student Athlete of the Week, Rob Booker, the second from Wanakee High School. For over 90 years, UW Credit Union has helped Wisconsinites achieve their financial goals at every stage of life, offering great rates for greater possibilities. Join today at uwcu.org. UW Credit Union is proud to support all the area's student athletes. Make sure to listen every week to hear who the Student Athlete of the Week is. And now we're going to take another break. When we return, it's time to go over all the area games, give you a little preview and one final score from Thursday. You're listening to Zimbraconda's presentation of Prep Mania. Josie's on a vacation far away. Come around and talk it Welcome back to Zimbraconda's presentation of Prep Mania. It's time to go around the area and see what's happening in the greater Madison community of football. And it's more of greater Wisconsin area, but... 
We'll take it. Starting in the Badger Large as Beaver Dam, currently undefeated on the season, visits Sun Prairie East. The Cardinals will play host as that one is on 1430 ESPN Beaver Dam. If you'd like to take a listen. Moving on, Oregon, Oregon, I should say. Oh, don't want to mess that up. The Panthers, one and two, lost last week to my Milton Redhawks. They are on the road against Watertown, taking on the winless Goslings. They're 0-3 on the season. Then you have Sun Prairie West. The Wolves will clash with my Milton Redhawks. Currently undefeated in conference play, but Sun Prairie West undefeated on the season, 3-0. Moving on to the Badgers Small. The Norskis of DeForest tussle with the Warriors of Portage. Then you have Fort Atkinson on the road taking on the Stoughton Vikings. Both of those teams are 1-2 and 0-1 and and in conference play. And finally, Sauk Prairie will collide with the undefeated Mount Hora Barneveld Vikings. All of these games, by the way, will kick off at about 7 p.m. Then in the Badger crossover, the Silver Eagles of Monona Grove will clash with the fifth-ranked Wanakee Warriors. They are undefeated on the year as well. In the Big 8, Janesville Parker battle for Janesville. They are quote-unquote on the road against Janesville Craig. That game will take place at their mutual home stadium, Monterey, right on the river. That one should be a good one in the Big 8. Then Madison LaFollette. Lots of Madison teams playing each other tonight. LaFollette taking on Madison West. Both teams are winless. Looking for their first victory on the campaign. One of them is going to get it done tonight. Then you have Madison Memorial battling Madison East, who is also winless. The Madison schools outside of Memorial struggling a little bit this year. That is for sure. And finally, your ESPN Madison game of the week, the Verona Wildcats heading up to play the number two ranked Middleton Cardinals. Tune in right here on 100.5 ESPN. Stick around. Don't go anywhere or feel free to tune in on YouTube. Just search up ESPN Madison. Then in the Capital Conference, Lakeside Lutheran will be on the road against Walworth Bigfoot, former home of Milton head coach Hot Rod Wedding. Then moving on to Lodi versus Beloit Turner. Lodi currently ranked number three amongst the medium schools in the state. New Glarus Monticello will be battling Madison Edgewood. And finally, your Final from yesterday, this game took place last night. The second-ranked medium team in the AP poll, the Columbus Cardinals, defeated the Lake Mills Elcats by a score of 49-7. to Not really close in the Capital Conference. And then in the Eastern Suburban, Waterloo. Waterloo will host Cambridge, the Blue Jays. There, Waterloo is undefeated on the season. And finally, the fifth-ranked Marshall Cardinals, will do battle with the Clinton Cougars. Couple more games for you. Rock Valley, McFarland, the winless Spartans, looking to right the ship against Jefferson this evening. We'll see what transpires. And Evansville will play host to the one and two Monroe Cheesemakers. And one more special game on the docket this evening as in the East Central Conference, Alex Gravatt's Plymouth Panthers will face off against Hunter Vaughn's Berlin Indians. We will keep tabs on that for you as well as we got an ESPN Madison internal battle 
this evening. That'll do it for me for my part of the pregame show. We're going to send it off to Middleton where Hunter Vaughn and the Dean, Dennis Semrau, will take it from here. You're listening to Zimbraconda's presentation of Prep Mania. What is up, Madison? I'm Hunter Vaughn here alongside the Dean of Area High School Sports, Dennis Sumrau. And Dennis, we've got a rivalry game tonight in Middleton as the third-ranked Cardinals. They're going to play host to a team that they really don't like very much in the number 10-ranked Verona Wildcats. Dennis, you know, you've we say it all the time. You're the Dean of Area High School Sports for a reason. You've talked to so many different coaches in your time covering high school sports. When they these teams have rivalry games like this tonight, plus it's a home opener for the Cardinals of Middleton, do the coaching staff for Middleton or Verona treat this game differently, or do they just say, hey, it's another game, this is week four of our season, we just got to go and play like it's week four? Oh, this is the week you don't have to motivate your kids to play. They know. They, they play. Middleton Verona kids are playing basketball, baseball leagues together against each other. They've known each other since they could probably first walk. So, no, they don't have to say much. What they've had to do, it came in last year when Andrew Riley took over at Verona and with Coach Pertzborn, who's no longer here. They had to sit down and have a chat of guys. This is, it's, it's gotten a little ugly here. There were personal, personal foul penalties, and there were issues that, were, uh, that should have happened at a high school event. So they cleaned that up. Last year was a very competitive game, so I expect that tonight. But you, the, the, the danger is this is only week four. You try to say, wow, we got to win this game and everything. We still got five more weeks to play. Middleton has to go to Madison Memorial next week, and that's one of those trap games that they, that's mm-hmm. the game that they'll be favored in. But if you look too high or too low, same thing with Verona. If we're, and whoever loses this one doesn't mean you're out of it just because you lost to what could be the conference champion last year that Middleton lost to uh, Verona and ended up that's what cost them the title. But I think both teams are pretty even keel coming in as far as, okay, let's just focus on what we need to do. Don't worry about the other guys. Again, this is Zimbrick Honda's presentation of Prep Mania as we're getting ready for the Middleton Cardinals to host the Verona Wildcats. And for nearly 50 years, Zimbrick Honda has provided the Madison area with quality Honda vehicles. The trusted staff of Zimbrick Honda's used car dealership will save you time and reduce your car buying stress by finding the vehicle that matches your style. If you're in the market for a new Honda or a used Honda, visit Zimbrick Honda in Madison today or online at ZimbrickHonda.com. So, Dennis, this Verona team, you know, we talked about, you just mentioned the emotions of the season. This is early on. You've got a rivalry game. But Verona lost week one to a very good Muskego team. If they drop another game to a ranked team, they should still be a playoff squad. But they might end up having to go on the road instead of hosting a playoff game in those first couple of levels. Yeah, you like to think if they run the table, what strength of schedule and the Big Eight's not quite as strong since Sun Prairie's not in the league anymore. Um, yeah, it, it's a danger, but that first loss to Muskego, a top-five team, on a last-second field goal, got to play into it. So I think you can afford a loss like this. You can't afford a loss to a team that you should beat by three touchdowns. Or, you know, if they, they drop one to a city school mm-hmm. that they obviously are better than right now. But, again, <laughs> 16, 17, 18-year-old kids, anything can happen in the game. 
But they have to be careful about putting too many eggs, as they say, in one basket. But, yeah, it will help whoever wins this game. You know, you're guaranteed maybe a couple of, you know, a high enough seed that you could host the first couple of rounds or three rounds. The first three rounds can be hosted by the better seed. Level four, the semifinals, is an automatic uh, neutral site. Mm-hmm. Then, obviously, the state championships at Camp Randall week five of the playoffs. But, yeah, they're, they're fighting for home. Whoever wins this one, would if they meet in the playoffs, would probably have the have that home field advantage in that game, which is huge in the playoffs. And we're definitely hearing the home field advantage here in Middleton. As you maybe heard while the Dean was talking there, some of the boo birds start to come out as the Verona Wildcats took the field. And this is a black a blackout night for Middleton, something we, you know, you and I talked about going into this game. The players wanted it for years. They wanted those black jerseys since the Cardinals do wear a maroon and a lot of times gray or black. They finally got their all-black jerseys as they come out onto the field here in Middleton. So, you know, just to add a little bit more emotion to this game tonight, Dennis, as the Middleton Cardinals come out onto the field and they have a scrum out on midfield as they're getting ready for this one and we're getting you ready for this huge big eight rivalry game those are sweet unis the best part is the white numbers on the black like wow you can see them they really stand out so we won't have any problem id in any players tonight which is good for our audience and for us but uh wow yeah it looked like a rope scrum when they came out that is a unified cardinal team opening night first week after three weeks on the road because of the multi-million dollar stadium renovations place is gorgeous and we've got the national anthem here coming up so we're going to take a quick break here on zimbrick honda's presentation of prep mania when we come back the opening kickoff number 10 verona at number three middleton right here on espn madison this is Barry Alvarez. Hey, Madison. Pat Richter here. For great coverage of your Wisconsin Badgers, stay tuned to 100.5 ESPN. WTLX Monona, ESPN Madison. On Wisconsin. Win or lose. We're going to walk out of the stadium tonight with our heads held high. That is amazing. Wow. What a game. Oh, my. Unbelievable. One more for the record books. Nothing's going to stop us now. At the buzzer, knocks it down. Pick is up. Yes. He made it. Yes. Reverse layup is good with five seconds left. Put six on my staff. First title in program history. Being an in-state kid, everything that I wanted in the school was right at home. Every coach has a toolbox, and every tool is from another coach. Camaraderie, feel to hang out with each other and be together. Takes it all the way for the touchdown, led by a future Badger. I'm very excited for this kid because he is brilliant. What an absolute javelin toss. He's going to throw a jump pass and complete it for the two-point conversion to Hawk. I mean, we can see a lot of offense. Put the explanation point on it. At the buzzer! Do your best. Thank you so much for all you guys do for high school sports. Guys, I got goosebumps. That's all anybody can ask for. The biggest games, the most compelling stories, the area's best high school sports coverage. This is Zimbrick Honda's presentation of Prep Mania on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. We are moments away from the... 
biggest rivalry game, I'm going to call it, Dennis, in the, at for sure, the Big 8 conference, but potentially here in the entire Madison area, as I'm Hunter Vaughn here with the dean of area high school sports, Dennis Summer. On Dennis, uh, I'm going to stop you. James Rowe might, uh, might argue it's Craig and Parker tonight. So just, I know. Just to let you know. Are, are both of them top ten teams, Dennis? No. Exactly. No, That's no. why you, this you is got the that biggest work. one you bet tonight. I'm Hunter Vaughn again here <laughs> alongside the dean of area high school sports, Dennis Summerow. And the Middleton Cardinals will be kicking off from right to left on your ESPN Madison radio dials. As they will be, like I said in the pregame, in their all-black uniforms. They've got black helmets with the red face masks, the Cardinals on the side, and then white numbers with a Cardinal with cardinal outlines. And then for the Verona Wildcats, they'll be in their black helmets with white jerseys, orange numbers, and black trim. As the Verona Wildcats will have both Trey Poteet as well as Garrison Cotty back to return. But Cotty is in front of Poteet trying to hide him a little bit. We saw Poteet in week one with a 90-yard kick return. And it'll just be a quick squib kick up ahead, taken up at the 30 and then sliding down at the 36 for Verona. And, you know, Dennis, I was going to ask you, should teams kick to Trey Poteet anymore? And Middleton didn't want to do it there on the opening kickoff. No, that's why they started, Verona started stacking their, their return men. So who's going to go get it? What's the obvious answer to that? put it someplace where they aren't and that's what they did now though it gives Middleton great uh, but first and 10 on the 36 here for Verona so with that first and 10 Laga Messino will be in the pistol he has two receivers to his right single receiver to the left it'll be a handoff on first down to Bradison but he is met at the line of scrimmage and brought down for no gain on the play Petaway 98 on the tackle, the first one of uh, the flock of Cardinals. Had three Cardinals in on the tackle on the play. So we're going to go with flock tonight, Dennis. I know the, there's also a conclave of Cardinals. Yes. We, we, we can go back and forth, but I like okay. flock. Second down and 10 for the Wildcats going from left to right. They'll flop. Swap the formation now with two receivers to the right. Play action here on second down. Deep pass to the near sideline. He's got a man open, and that's caught by Velichka. Velichka at the 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Wildcats. 11-11 on the clock, and Verona strikes first on the second play of the game. A huge, huge touchdown pass to Mike Velichka to get Verona on the board first. Flag pattern down the right sideline, about the 30-yard line. He was nobody was in in uh, <laughs> tackle range of him, and he just sprinted to the end zone. Their big play receiver, Velichka, came in with the fourth touchdown. That's his fifth touchdown. Last year he had two returns for touchdowns, so we know he's a big play guy, and did not waste any time. Uh, last week he had three, so off to a good start here this season. And the extra point is good to make it 7 to nothing, Verona. 11-11 on the clock as the Wildcats strike first. 
here on Zimbrick Honda's presentation of Prep Mania. And Zimbrick Honda's Prep Mania is also brought to you by the GRB Academy, baseball for the serious player. GRB Academy wants to be part of your plan to reach your potential. Utilize GRB Academy's 52,000 square foot facility, 14 batting cages, and 6,000 square foot weight room. Personal lessons are available year-round with over 300 college players and over 150 D1 players. GRB led the way in the Midwest for college recruitment and player development. Visit grb.com for more information. I go back to the old days of the uh, Oakland Raiders. Kenny Stabler, a left-handed quarterback. Uh, we got a uh, left-handed quarterback out here. To uh, In those days, it was Bolitnikov. Here it's Volichka. Wow, 64 yards, and that was the first of the three keys of the game. Limit the big plays. Verona got one right away. And Verona now kicking it off, taken by Hansbro at the 5. Hansbro hit at the 20, spins away from a tackle across the 25, and brought down at the 29. So now Dennis, you almost feel like Middleton's got to answer here with a score of their own. I know it's their first drive of the game, but second play, you already give up a big touchdown pass of 64 yards. you got to try and keep up with this Verona offense. Yeah, one of their keys was to have a long drive because they've had some quick strike drives so far this season, but I think that goes out the window. You want to score quick here. There'll be an empty backfield on first and 10 at their own 30 for Middleton and Gabe Passini. Pacini, the snap rolls to him. He just picks it up. He'll run with it. He's almost to the first down, scrambling ahead. He's brought down at the 38. They'll give Pacini eight yards on that, what could have been a terrible play, but Gabe Pacini is just showing off his athleticism. The 6'4", 192-pound senior quarterback picking up nine on first down. Yeah, they stretched out. Uh, fall forward. That's one of the first rules if you carry the ball. He did got the max of that carry they'll stay with an empty backfield again for Pacini so he has two receivers to each side of the formation he's going to run with it again and Pacini has enough for the first down before being brought down at the 45 with back-to-back runs for Gabe Pacini that time it was a designed run and Pacini coming into tonight he had 151 yards and a touchdown that's good enough for third in the entire conference in rushing yards in the big eight for Gabe Pacini at quarterback now you need to know his average per carry six yards coming in and right now he's averaging seven and a half after his first two carries great start for Gabe Pacini first and 10 at the 45 as we've got 10 minutes left to go in the first quarter of action Verona leads seven to nothing Falk comes into motion, and they'll do a quick swing screen to the far side to the running back, Falk. Falk's across the 45. Midfield has the first down before he's shoved out of bounds on the far sideline. There is a flag on the play. They'll say he was out at the 42, but we'll have to see what this flag was. I have a feeling that it's going to be a face mask just from the way that Middleton hasn't moved themselves backwards. We look for the yes. call, and that is what it will be. So there's an extra 15 yards to go on to that. And Middleton now moving the ball quickly. And, Dennis, if this keeps up, we're going to be seeing the score potentially close to that TCU-Colorado game in week one of the college football season. Well, I'll tell you, back in 2019, the final score was Verona 61-35 to over Middleton. There was over 1,100 yards of offense. What defense in that game? I'd so, be okay with that. Yeah, wow. It's high scoring. 
First and 10 at the Verona, 37 now for Middleton. And they'll just do the swing screen to the near side now. Falk hitting the backfield. He's brought down by a trio of Wildcats. It's going to be a loss of four on the play. And it looked like there could have been another face mask that time. Jacob Bindle and Evan Bindle were there on the stop for the Wildcats. Yeah, the previous face mask was not a personal foul. It was inadvertent, okay. so it was only a five-yarder. That play had gone to the uh, 42, so we started out on the 37. Like you said, lost four. little backwards movement here. Our first backwards movement of the night as it's second and 13 at the 40. Piscini in the gun again. Knee eye snap. He'll fake the screen and he'll run with it now. But now into the near sideline. Stiff arm at the 32 before he's brought down at the 30. So pickup of 12. Bringing up a third down and one. 8.45 now remaining in the first quarter. Middleton on the move after Verona scored on their second play of the game to take a 7 to nothing lead. Piscini a lot more physical. He's 6'4", 192 now. A lot stronger runner. It's his third year as a starting quarterback. Very confident. You see how he takes it and he lowers his shoulder getting those extra yards. Piscini will throw on third down. Now he'll run with it to his left. Cuts up field across the 20 before he's brought down from behind. That was number eight, Gavin Mullet, there on the stop. But it isn't enough for a first down for Middleton. Now be first and ten at the 20. As the Cardinals look over to their near sideline or to their left to get the play. Piscini will be in the pistol. Two receivers to each side. Falk two yards behind him. Piscini gets the chest high snap. Play action. But he's got pressure in his face, so he's going to have to try and scramble. Breaking away from tackles. Still breaking away. And now he's finally pushed out of bounds. No gain on the play. But if you're the Cardinals, you're okay with that, considering that could have been about a four-yard loss. A mini pack of Wildcats. Two on the play. <laughs> so is it three that constitutes a full pack yeah, then? I think so. Triple, triple team, yeah. They will give him a loss of one on that scramble to bring up second and 11. 7.45 to go in the first quarter. Pacini empty backfield. Two receivers to the right and two to the left. And it's another low snap that Piscini has to pick up. He stiff arms at the line of scrimmage and brought down maybe again a three on the play. It'll be a third down and long now for Middleton. Greeno, 45 on the tackle there, first contact. Yeah, uh, uh, Piscini's not on the baseball team here at Middleton, but he could be fielded that shortstop. Uh, two hopper and uh, still was able to make something out of nothing there. That's going to be something we're going to have to look out for. These low snaps from K.J. Peterson, the center for the Cardinals. Third down and nine at the 18. Trips right, single receiver to the left. Play action. Piscini, pressure, scrambles around, throws it up into the end zone. It's batted around, and it'll be intercepted at the goal line. That's Caudi. Caudi at the 5, the 10. He's got a blocker in front of him. Brought down from behind at the 25. So two huge plays in the first quarter for the Verona Wildcats. Great pick by Cotty. You can see he tipped it. That's a, that old tip drill. Tip it and then grab it and catch it. 
looked like that pass, he had a receiver in the end zone, but it looked like Bassini was just in trouble trying to throw it out of the end zone or up where nobody could get it. Unfortunately, it was a tip ball, and Cotty comes down with a great defensive play for the Wildcats to stop the Cardinals' first drive. That's the second interception on the season for Garrison Cotty. It'll be first and 10 at their own 23 for the Wildcats. Laga Messina in the pistol. Two receivers left, single receiver to the right. Now he's going to bring Velichka into motion. Hands it off to Bradison. Bradison cuts it upfield across the 30, 35, and brought down at the 40. Just big play after big play for these Verona Wildcats in the first quarter as we're down to 6.39 to go. The Wildcats, they start moving up quickly and then they kind of huddle up and look for the hand signals on their far sideline. They'll have a first and 10 at the 40 going from left to right. And they'll flip the formation again. They'll have two receivers to the right this time, single receiver to the left. And they'll bring Velichka into motion again. It's a handoff to Bradison, but he's met in the backfield. It's a loss of two. That's the first backwards play we've seen for Verona as we're now halfway through the first quarter of action. The Wildcats still lead 7 to nothing. They scored on their second play of the game, and then Garrison Cotty had an interception at the goal line to get the ball back to the Wildcats as they're here on their second possession of the game with a second and 11 on their own 39. Three receivers to the left on second down. No receivers to the right. Hand off to the right to Bradison. Bradison has running room, tries to lower his shoulder into a defender, but he is stopped in his tracks after he picked up nine on the play. That was Oliver Wenning, the sophomore safety there on the tackle. He's got 15 tackles now on the season, does Wenning, and it's third down and two. Yeah, pickup of nine. They're uh, getting plays in chunks, 17-9, 64, three of the first five plays. Receiver to each side of the formation for Laga Messina. Gets the chest high snap. Bradison again. Wanted to start up the middle. Cuts it to the right. He's got enough for the first down across midfield before he's brought down by a pair of Cardinals. And in there on the stop was Sam Piloff. Piloff, the 211, 6'3 senior linebacker. He's going to be playing in the Big Ten next fall, Dennis. Yeah, one of two players from Middleton going to Rutgers. Yeah, their video engineer here, video producer Ryan Wollersheim with the thumbs down on that one, even though it is just Rutgers, still stings when in-state guys go to another Big Ten school. First down and 10 for Verona, Bradison again. Bradison met by a conclave of Cardinals at the line of scrimmage. No gain on first down. Bring it to second down and 10 at the Middleton 47. And linebacker Trey Suttle, number nine, led the pack of that one. No gain on the play. So now there's a pack of Cardinals too, Dennis. I thought we were going to stick with Conclave and Flock. You're throwing a third one at me. I can't handle that. Second and ten. Inside four minutes to go in the first quarter. Verona on their second drive of the game. They lead seven to nothing, working from left to right. Two receivers to the right of Lagamassina, single receiver to the left. He's going to throw to the near side, and that is too far out of the reach of Aiden Chapman incomplete makes it third and ten 
just a simple uh, square out pattern. But uh, three Cardinals in the vicinity. So that was one of those you throw it up. If your receiver can't get it, nobody's going to, and nobody did. Three forty-four on the clock here in the first quarter, and it's a third down and ten at the Middleton forty-seven for the tenth-ranked Wildcats. Lagomasino will be in the pistol. Two receivers to his right. Gets the knee-high snap. He's looking left. Now he's going to try and run. He's got some running room, and he is met by Piloff at the thirty. Or excuse me, the forty-two, and dragged down. So it gets about half the distance on third down, makes it fourth and five. Pilov was chatting at him. You can see his head bobbing up and down like, not today, buddy, not today. No first down on this one. And the offense here for Verona, they're staying out there with a fourth and five at the 42. That's confidence in your offensive line when you do that. So they'll stay with this three-receiver set as they'll have Chapman wide to the left, po Trey Poti slot left. Lagomasina throws to the near side. He's got Velichka. Velichka has enough for the first down, and he steps out of bounds at the 32 to keep the chains moving for Verona. I know Poti's uh, their big play guy, but Velichka's the, uh, his go-to guy. Those guys have grown up together. He and... Uh, uh, Lagomasina, the quarterback. And it was actually Trey's cousin, Kenson, who is the wide receiver. He'll be in the slot to the left here on first and 10 at the 32. Lagomasina in the pistol. Hands it off to Bradison. Bradison with, gets hit with a face mask, keeps on running across the 25-20. He's still running before he's finally escorted out of bounds. Has enough for the first down, but this will be another face mask penalty going against Middleton. So he was out at the 13. But it is another face mask. So some free yards coming for the Wildcats. And Dennis, one of the keys to the game I know you had mentioned for Verona was going to be not having those drive-killing penalties. But so far it's been some drive-extending penalties here for the Wildcats. Yeah, it looked like that was a half the distance to the goal. Yep, they moved it to the eight. It'll be first and goal. 2.47 on the clock here in the first quarter. Verona leading 7 to nothing. Receiver to each side of the formation for Laga Messina. Chest high snap. Bradison up the middle. Bradison hit at the line and stumbles forward. Picks up three down to the five. And again, Sam Piloff there on the stop. We're going to be saying him his name a lot for this Middleton defense. And not an all-conference play a year ago, but that was because of injuries. Mm -hmm. Missed uh, five, almost six games. So to get him back in the heart of that defense. But right now, Verona's treating the uh, Middleton defense like Swiss cheese. They're just blowing right through it. Second down and goal at the six. Lagomasina in the pistol. He's going to look to the near side, lobs it into the end zone for Volichka. He came down with it, and it's a touchdown. Wildcats. He got the foot down and in for a touchdown, a six-yard pass from Laga Messina to Mike Velichka, who's got two touchdowns now. 
So 2-0-1 on the clock here in the first quarter, and Verona's got a 13-0 lead, Dennis. Stunner. Verona said, we won the conference last year. We're not giving it up that easy. And even though Middleton came into this game as the conference favorite this year in a poll of the coaches preseason. Yaman Brown for the extra point, and that one is no good wide right, so we'll stay at 13-0 here with 2.01 left to go in the first quarter. We're going to take a quick break as you are listening to Zimbrick Honda's presentation of Prep Mania here on ESPN Madison. The Verona Wildcats following Mike Velichka so far in the first quarter as it's a 13 to nothing score here with 2.01 remaining in the first quarter of action. Verona leading Middleton. And on the kickoff now will be brought down at the 28. That was Isaiah Oliver on the return that time for the Cardinals, who now trail by two scores. So we've got a minute 54 left in the first quarter, Dennis. And by the way, that is the son of, yes, Dean Oliver, the Badger basketball assistant. Now point guard, he'll be the starting point guard for Middleton's basketball team this year. Outstanding young uh, basketball player. And uh, he was a JV football player last year, now starting as a sophomore. I'm trying to get some minutes out here. First and 10 at their own 29 for Passini. Passini's going to hand it off for Falk. He's met in the backfield, able to get away from the first defender before he's tripped up in the backfield by Jacob Bindle. There's going to be a loss of four on first down. The Middleton Cardinals just can't get anything going so far on offense. Yeah, this is a tough start here for the Cardinals. Cardinals with the second down and 13, so it's a loss of three officially at their own 26. Three receivers to the right. Knee-high snap, play action. Passini rolling out, looking down the field. Now he's going to fire deep down the far sideline. Has a completion to his number one wide receiver, Troy Teff. Enough for the first down. Teff, the 6'2 junior wide receiver, coming in in receiving yards with 316 and four touchdowns. He's at back-to-back 100-yard games. He had three touchdown catches last week. So uh, good to see him get off to a good start here with a nice catch. He'll stay with that three receivers to the right for Passini. Chest-high snap. Hands it off to Falk to the left side. Falk trying to cut upfield. Finally able to at the 40. And then he has cut down a pickup of two on the play. That was Garrison Cotty there on the tackle. So, Middleton had a good first drive. Uh, went from the 30. Uh, it was a, about a 52-yard drive, but was uh, ended by that interception. See if they can come back in another long one. Uh, here's we uh, going to be entering the second quarter shortly. 40 seconds left in the first quarter. Verona leading 13 to nothing. It's second down and eight for the Cardinals. Passini brings his receiver into motion. That's hands bro. So he has three to his left. Pitch to the right for Falk. Falk dances around, then cuts up field. Close to the 45. Pickup of maybe two. Makes it third and six now. Brought on number 52, Jacob 
And there's Jacob Bindle there on the stop. So third and six. We've got six seconds remaining here on the clock in the first quarter. Middleton started to line up like they were going to try and run a play, but they will let the clock wind down on the first quarter. And 13 to nothing is our score. The Verona Wildcats on top of the Middleton Cardinals. And we'll step aside for one minute between this first and second quarter as you're listening to Zimbrick Honda's presentation of Prep Mania. Actually, we'll just keep it right here as we get ready for the start of the second quarter as the teams switch sides as this is Imbrick Honda's presentation of Prep Mania. It's also brought to you by UW Credit Union. And they're there for every stage of life. UW Credit Union is here for you. Proudly serving Wisconsin for over 90 years, Pop in or hop online at uwcu.org to join uw credit union is proud to support all of the area student athletes make sure to listen to every week to hear who the uw credit union student athlete of the week is ready for some explosion uh, this uh, quarter yeah what do you think so far in the second quarter this season middleton has outscored their opponents 70 to 7. Verona, not too bad. 63 to 6. <laughs> They've combined for 133 points in their first three games. So we'll see if we can get some more points on the board here. Third down and six. Pacini fires to the far side and is nearly intercepted, but it falls to the ground. That was intended for Isaiah Oliver, and they're on the pass defense. That was number one, Nate Novinska, the senior safety in this secondary for Verona. Dennis is just so incredibly talented that if you don't have a pass that's in the perfect spot or a receiver open, a DB is probably going to get pretty close to getting their hands on it. So it brings out the punting unit. That'll be Will Seaborg. Or excuse me, that's Gabe Pacini back to punt. And it's a high end over end kick. Fair catch called for by Trey Poteet, and he gets it at his own 24 yard line, where the Wildcats will try to go three for three on drives to start this game as they scored on a huge 64 yard touchdown pass in on the second play of the game, and then answered that up with a six yard touchdown pass, both to Mike Velichka. Yeah, that second drive was 11 plays. 77 yards, 444. So you can see, quick strike or a long drive. Verona's done it both. First and 10 at their own 24. Laga Messina in the pistol. Three receivers to his left. He'll hand it off to the right for Bradison. Bradison tried to break away from one tackle. And he is finally brought down. That'll be a pickup of five on first down. Making it second and five. And both teams with with uh, workhorse uh, running backs, Falk for Middleton and uh, Bradison. But the quarterbacks have shown that they can run too. Second down and five at the 29 for the Wildcats. They are now going from right to left. Lagamasina straddling his own 25 out of the pistol, two receivers to his left. Chin high snap. It'll be another handoff to Bradison, this time to the left side. 
He's close to a first down. It looks like they're going to give him four. So it'll be a third down and one, and that's a wide-open playbook then for this Wildcats offense on third and one. Cash Hoy with the tackle there. Kept it from being a first down. Plenty. What do you want to call here? Sneak? Big play? Go for it all? Go for another bomb. Well, they'll have two receivers in this formation on third down and one. One to each side of the formation. Ball on the near hash mark. They'll just hand it off to Bradison. He'll be close to a first down. I think they're going to give it to him probably about a half a yard. I'll have to see if they give him a good spot on this. Uh, Did he get to the stripe? And from the spot, it looks like they might have to bring the chain, and they'll just give him the first down. So he got across that... 34-yard line, make it first and 10. So we're down to 10-28 to go in the first half here in Middleton. As the number 10 team in Division One, the Verona Wildcats lead 13 to nothing on the number three ranked Middleton Cardinals. First and 10 for Lagomasina. He'll bring a receiver into motion. Play action pass. Looking deep. He'll lob it down the far right sideline for Velichka. Velichka has it again at the 35, 20, and he's brought down inside the 20 at the 17. They'll actually move him back a little bit, so it'll be at the 20, but another huge play for Mike Velichka. 46 yards on that completion. Over 100 yards here and receiving. We're just into the second quarter. And, Dennis, something you told me at the beginning of the season when we had these Wildcats in week one is that Mike Felichka, he came back from an ACL injury in only seven months. Coaches were expecting that to be a nine-month recovery, and we're definitely seeing that knee is okay for Mike Velichka as it's first and ten at the Middleton 20 now. Handoff to Bradis into the right. He cuts it up inside the 15, and he has to be brought down by about four Cardinals. Fumbled it at the end, but they'll say he was actually down. As Jude Murphy, the right tackle for the Wildcats, fell on the ball. So it'll be a pickup of six on first down, make it second down and four with 9-10 to go in the first half. Yeah, speaking of Velichka, he had five touchdowns last year. He's got five already this year. We're only on our fourth game. Something tells me he's going to be well into double digits if he stays healthy. He is definitely looking like the wide receiver number one for these Wildcats. Trey Poteet is now out there as the wide receiver. He's the single receiver to the right. His cousin Kenson is slot left, and Chapman is wide left. And that's a handoff to Max Jones, his first carry. As he gets close to that first down marker. We'll have to see where they spot this if they're going to give him the first down. They'll say he's a yard short. It's third down and one at the 11 now. Yeah, Jones looking for his first touchdown carry of the season. Came in with 39 yards uh, rushing, 23 yards receiving. So a good alternate back here. Give Bredesen a, a couple of blows. Lagomasina in the pistol, two receivers to each side of the formation. He's got two running backs in the backfield. Hands it off to Bradison up the middle, and Bradison fights forward down to the five-yard line. That'll be a first down now and first and goal for Verona. Mike Bradison does good run style. Just get the head down, square the shoulders up, 
Six foot 185, and kind of a pile driver there right in the middle of the lane. Everything working so far on offense for the Wildcats of Verona. They have a first and goal at the five, trying to make this a three-score game in the first half. So they're up 13 to nothing. Lagamassina in the gun, receiver to each side. It'll be Bradison again. Bradison up the middle, keeps the legs moving, and it'll be stopped at the two for a gain of three. Just give it to Bradison again, Dennis. Yep. He's your workhorse there uh, on offense. Him and Volechka. So second and goal at the two. As Verona will huddle up now. Sometimes we'll see them just kind of go with a hurry-up look to the sideline. But this time they want to bring that play in directly from the sideline. So Max Jones is in at running back as he is directly behind Laga Messina. Bradison flanking him to his right out of the pistol. Receiver to each side again. It will be Bradison again. Bradison started to his left, then goes back right, and he's into the end zone for a touchdown. A two-yard touchdown run for the senior running back, Chase Bradison. And now it's 19 to nothing. Verona on top. And there is a flag on the play. So 6.46 left here on the in the first quarter. We'll could, be, to... could be another uh, face mask in there, but I mean, just that was sheer will. He was he was down. Oh, penalty looks like just a sideline. Could be a sideline warning. So the see. referee had to check with the Middleton sideline to see what they wanted to do here. And always got all we uh, unsportsmanlike yeah. conduct is the call. Got it from uh, Randy Culture, our uh, PA announcer here. So didn't specifically see anything, but again, we said it in the pregame. This is a rivalry game. You know, tempers get a little hot, especially if you're all of a sudden up on your rival 19 to nothing in the first half. You know, some things can be said sometimes, and all of a sudden the official hears it, and they're going to throw that flag for the unsportsmanlike right away, especially at the high school level. So the Wildcats will keep the offense out there. They want to try and make this a 21 to nothing game with 6.46 to go in the first half. The Laga Messina will be in the gun. He's got a receiver to each side, and then they quickly bring in a third receiver to go to the slot right. But Laga Messina is going to swap sides, and then there will be a timeout as there was a ton of confusion in that Verona sideline. So 19 to nothing is our score. Verona's on top of Middleton. We're going to take a pretty time out as you're listening to Zimbre Thunder's presentation of Hermia Arnia. Welcome back to this presentation of The two-point conversion was good by the Wildcats, so it is a 21 to nothing score now. It was an eight-play, 76-yard drive, 5.05 off the clock. Second long uh, drive for uh, Verona. 
And it's actually, you count the first one, 64. It was only two plays, but they've gone 64, 77, and 76 yards against this Middleton defense on their first three possessions. 6.46 left to go in the second quarter. Again, 21 to nothing, our score. And there was an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. So that backs up the kickoff five yards for the Wildcats. So they're kicking off from their own 35 instead of the 40. So it'll be Yamin Brown kicking off. As Oliver and Sorensen are back to return for the Cardinals. It's an end-over-end kick taken by Oliver at his own 10 on the far side. He's at the 20, 25, hit at the 26, and brought down at the 27. So he had a little bit of running room, but then he was met right away by a Wildcat defender. It'll be a first and 10 at their own 27 for the Cardinals. Oh, 17 yards on that return for Oliver. We've still got half the second quarter, but Middleton needs to answer the call here. Just uh, not anything, not able to stop the Wildcats at all. This is a shootout. They've got to be able to, to match it or it's going to be a long night. Middleton Cardinals will look to try and get a score on the board here with 6.40 to go in the second quarter, trailing 21 to nothing. It's going to be a handoff on first down to Falk, and he's met in the backfield by a pair of Wildcats. Be a loss of four on the play. Looks like uh, that was uh, Greeno, number 45. And Jacob Bindle there as well on the stop. So it'll be a loss of four, second and 14 on their own 28. Three receivers to the right, single receiver to the left for Piscini. Piscini gets the chest eye snap, play action, pump fakes. Wanted to go to his right, then throws back. Tried to go to Teff, but it was too far outside, incomplete. And it was almost intercepted even by Nate Navinska for the Wildcats. It's third down and 14. Dennis, third down and 14. Not the place you want to be right now if you're the Cardinals of Middleton with 6.02 to go in the second quarter, trailing by three scores. The two receivers to each side of Piscini. Chen Hai snap. He's going to roll out to the near side, looking to throw. Fires deep down the near sideline. He's got a man open. Hansborough drops it as he was falling down. Incomplete. He just got twisted around. So a heartbreaking play for Middleton. That could have been a touchdown even. He got enough separation behind the defense. Yeah, nice uh, flag pattern down the right sideline. Safety was late getting over, so he beat the cornerback. Could have caught it, but the pass was behind him. He had a falling backwards trying to make a catch on the turf, just not able to hang on to the ball there. But if he hits him in stride, uh, we've got ourselves a 76-yard touchdown play, but... Uh, the pass was short and not able to come up with it. Now Middleton has to punt. And it'll be Gabe Pacini, the quarterback, to punt. He's standing at his own 12. Goes with a rugby-style punt. Another high punt that is fair caught. Called for at the 45, but dropped. And there's a scrum for the ball. I think it's going to stay with Verona. 
That was Garrison Cotty that time. He started going for the ball, and he was about a half step too late and was stumbling down as he tried to catch it. Yeah, ball came up a little short. I think he misjudged it, trying to lean forward, stumbled. But uh, f the best thing is to fall on yeah. it. Don't try to do anything else. But great field position, though, for Verona now on the 46. It will be first and 10 at the 46. 5.45 to go. Verona leads 21 to nothing. Laga Messina in the pistol. Deuces to the right, single receiver to the left. He's got Bradison flanking him left. It will be a handoff to Bradison over to the right, and he's going to be brought down for a loss of one on the on the play. Trey Suttle that time on the stop. Yeah, he had that, read his keys on that one, diagnosed, and that was in the backfield before uh, Bradison could even get going. Suttle last week in their 48 to nothing victory over LaFollette. He had three tackles. And he's already matched that here in this first half for Verona. Or excuse me, for Middleton against yeah. Verona. Second and 11 at their own 45. Laga Messina wipes his hands off on his thighs, gets the knee-high snap, looks to the left. He's going to lob it up for a pass. Jump ball coming back to it was Velichka. They'll say it was incomplete, but there's a flag on the play. It looks like that's going to be pass interference on Nolan Waldorf, the senior corner. Uh, he got burned on the last uh, long pass play on the other side. This time trying to, to make a play, knock it away. Got called for getting a hand on the hip, I got a feeling. Looked like that must have been backside call. Yeah, and that's a that's a tough spot for Waldorf that time. The ball was yeah. a little underthrown. Yeah. Velichka started coming back to the ball, and if you don't know where it is as a DB, you're just like, oh, my gosh, why is he running at me? And he just got his hand around the waist. That'll be a pass interference and a 15-yard penalty, which is about where the spot of the foul was, so pretty close to the, the NFL-style pass interference, even though it's always a 15-yarder at the high school level. Oh, now, now they move it back a yard. <laughs> You're right. The call was right the first time. It should be on the 40. <laughs> first and 10 at the 41. Hand off to Bradison to the right. Bradison gets a yard and then is pushed backwards. He's met by 79 Dom Frost, the 6'3", 303-pound senior defensive end in this 3-4 defense for the Middleton Cardinals. And his defensive line, Dennis, for high school football, I mean, even at the college level, they average 6'3", 300 pounds. Yeah, you're a at giant your, D line. And the O-line for Verona is at 257, so over 40 pounds per man on an average. And Verona's is just... Good leverage, quick quick off the ball, and taking advantage of uh, Middleton. Second down and nine. Max Jones gets the handoff to the right. He tried to get upfield. Maybe got himself back to the line of scrimmage that time. And they'll actually give him a couple of yards. Uh, yeah, let's see where... So it'll be a third down and eight with 4.09 left on the clock in the second quarter. Verona leading 21-0 on the third-ranked Middleton Cardinals. Both teams coming in tonight. They're 1-0 in Big 8 conference play, so starting off 2-0 and a big win against a ranked team is huge for either team. Third down and 8 at 39. Laga Messina looks to throw. He's got oh. pressure coming. He's hit. Ball is dropped. There's a scrum for it at the 45. 
And they'll say it's Middleton football. A huge play on defense for the Cardinals as they get the first turnover for Middleton. Dennis, you said one of your keys to the game, win the turnover battle for Middleton. They at least got it tied up at one apiece now. Yeah, Lagomasino was back to pass and tried, couldn't step up in the pocket with the pressure. Backside, and he didn't see it coming. First and 10 now at the 44 of Verona. Right for Pacini, who straddles the 50. Chin high snap, play action. He's going to try and run with it now. He's got pressure coming, cuts it upfield at the 40, 35, still going inside the 30, and finally shoved out of bounds. Gabe Pacini just did not want to go down that time. He's been uh, most of their offense, to be honest, here in the first half. Hey, uh, Falk has been uh, stymied in the backfield. So it's first and 10 at the 27. Pick up a 17 on that one. Three receivers to the left for Pacini. Single receiver, Teft to the right. Play action. Pacini throws it over to the flat. He's got a man on the screen inside the 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, Cardinals. Isaiah Oliver takes it in. Looked like it was going to be a terrible play for the Cardinals, but Gabe Pacini able to just somehow avoid the pressure, dump it off to Isaiah Oliver in the flat, and he runs it in for the touchdown. Two plays, 44 yards, 25 seconds. Bingo, right back at it. 335 remaining in the first half and the cardinals finally get on the scoreboard coney on the extra point is good 21 to 7 our score 335 left to go verona on top of the middleton cardinals we're going to take a quick timeout as you're listening to zindrikanda's presentation of prep mania Middleton Cardinals get on the scoreboard with 3.35 to go in the first half, and they now trail by 14 to the Verona Wildcats after Isaiah Oliver. They wanted to try and run a quick bubble screen to him, but there was pressure coming into Gabe Pacini's face, and Isaiah Oliver able to run it into the end zone to get the first score for the Cardinals. That was a gamble in defense there trying to, to intercept that pass. Didn't get it. And that left uh, Oliver open on the left sideline. So second touchdown of the season for Oliver. It's a sh high short kick that is taken by Novinska. That is 38. Just called for the fair catch that time. Didn't want to try and take a big hit. So Middleton not going to give Cotty or more importantly, Trey Poteet, a chance to return tonight. Again, if you watched or listened to the week one game of the Verona Wildcats, they had a 90-yard kick return to Trey Poteet, and ever since then, teams have been staying away from the four-star recruit. First and 10 at their own 37 for the Wildcats who go from right to left. 
Lagomasina, play action, dumps it off to Bricolet on the right side. Bricolet lowers his shoulder at the 40, and he stopped at the 42. Good to see Bricolet out there. He missed the last two games with an injury. Uh, he had been the kicker in the first game, but, I mean, uh, Brown took over those duties the last two games, and good to see Bricolet, a big part of the Verona offense, back out in the field. So it's second down and five after that gain of five. Inside three minutes to go now. Lagomasina wipes his hands off on his thighs, gets the knee-high snap, fires to the right sideline. He's got a completion at midfield and inside down to the 47. That was Chapman on the completion. It'll be a first down now at the, they'll move it back yard to the 48, but the Wildcats are into Cardinals territory. Again, 243 left in the first half. Verona leading 21 to 7. Laga Messina has two receivers to his right, single receiver to the left. Bradison directly behind him. Laga Messina, knee eye snap. He's going to look deep down the near sideline for Velichka. Velichka can't get back to the ball. It was underthrown again. That'll be incomplete on first down. Waldorf again there on the coverage. He got burned on the second play of the game, but he's been doing a lot better now. He's been playing off Mike Velichka here the remainder of this first half. Yeah, both quarterbacks have struggled a little bit with the deep ball, underthrowing their receivers. And like you said earlier, that causes all sorts of havoc for the defensive back because mm-hmm. all of a sudden you think the ball's going to be one spot and it's another, and you if you get the receiver's way, it's a pass interference play. You know, I mentioned it before the play that Lagomasina has been wiping his hands off on his thighs as he does it again and on his towel. I wonder if the little bit of rain we had in Madison is causing some of these issues as Lagomasina on second down is just going to run with it. He's inside the 45 and brought down at the 41 by a conclave of Cardinals. Makes it a third and medium for Verona. You like that word. There you go. I do. It's a fun word, and I know <laughs> that the Cardinals the are birds, but it's just fun to use something a little different than a flock of Cardinals. <laughs> just have a little bit of fun with it. I use flock of screaming eagles in a story this week, so I See, know where you're coming from. Just got to change it up, get a little bit different vocabulary. So what do the Wildcats do on this one? Third and five, I, I think you got to try and get it into... Your playmaker, trips. Mike Velichka's hands, as he's got trips to the left as Laga Messina, and instead they'll hand it off to Bradison to the right side. He'll pick up a couple of yards, and there's a late flag then. We'll have to see what way this one goes. This could either be a first down Verona, or it's going to change what the play clock will be for the Wildcats. It's a, it'll be fourth down and three right now. Personal foul. And it's a personal foul penalty against the Cardinals. So this will be a first down for Verona. Again, Dennis, we keep talking about it, but the emotions of this rivalry game, two top ten teams, they know that playoff seeding is going to be so important for both of these teams so they don't have to go, uh, whether it's on the road to Middleton or Verona or potentially all the way over to the Milwaukee area with both of these teams being in Division One, and I think we're seeing it with some of these after-the-play penalties. Sure. And I, watching the uh, 
Markoff, 15. Yeah, that's a big one. Middleton, it was very important to stop this drive because Middleton gets the second-half kickoff. So mm-hmm. if you can go down at least only two touchdowns down, come back and score, you have a ball game. But now if you let Verona put one up, you almost have to score. Those last four minutes of the first half and the first four of the second half, the most important eight minutes of the game. And uh, right now Verona is perfect uh, position to punch one more in. First and 10 at the Middleton, 26 after that penalty. Lagamassina in the pistol, straddling the 30. He's got three receivers to his left. Nearly drops snap, lofts it up on the far sideline. Jump ball in the corner of the end zone. Was he in? He was. Touchdown, Wildcats. A 26-yard touchdown pass for Verona. And they have a 20-point lead now. So 132 to go in the first half. Verona getting another touchdown to get back to a three-score lead. Brown will be on for the extra point. He did miss one earlier, but this one is straight through and good. 28 to 7 our score. 132 remaining on the clock in the first half. Verona, the number 10 team in Division 1, on top of the number 3 ranked Middleton Cardinals. We're going to take a 30 second timeout as you're listening to Zimbrick Honda's presentation of Prep Mania on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, Wisconsin on Demand, and ESPN Madison on YouTube. Your Honda gets you everywhere. When it needs service, you need Zimbrick Honda service. Their customer service is second to none, and you can experience it yourself at two convenient Madison locations on Fish Hatchery Road and Grand Canyon Drive. Honda certified technicians handle it all. You can even get flexible payment options. Fix your car now and pay later. Apply online to see your options in seconds with no hard credit check. Make your service appointment online at ZimbrickHonda.com. Zimbrick Honda Service Center on Fish Hatchery Road and Grand Canyon Drive. Part of the Madison community since 1973. Shop Zimbrick Honda. This is gold medalist Matt Hamilton, and you're listening to A Good Karma Brands radio station, 100.5 ESPN, WTLX, Monona, Madison. You've got me stars, kickoff. We'll be taken up at the 32 by Oliver. And on that touchdown, that was number five, Wes Bricolet, getting the jump ball, the 6-3 senior. That's his first touchdown catch on the year for Verona. Again, Verona leading 28-7 on the Middleton Cardinals. A five-play, 63-yard drive and 201. And now Middleton's got to try to punch one in here, down three scores. Piscini gets the chin high snap, pump fakes. He's got a screen to the far side, but that's at the feet of his intended receiver, Falk. So it's incomplete. Second down and 10 now. Only a couple of seconds ticked off that time. So we're down to a minute 20 now. Middleton Cardinals still have all three of their timeouts as they trail by 21. Want to try and make this a two-score game going into the locker room if they can. 
Pacini in the gun, three receivers to his right. He's going to look to pass, steps up in the pocket, fires deep down the near sideline. He's got a receiver open, but it is broken. Or, excuse me, it was caught. Trey Pote had a hand on it, but then falling down was Elijah Coleman somehow catching that ball, sliding to the turf. And it's a huge gain to give a first down for Middleton as they're all the way down to the 26 of Verona. Pacini under center, he'll just spike the ball. Make it the second down now with a minute and five and still three timeouts left. And I, Dennis, I honestly thought Trey Pozzi was first going to intercept it and then had broken it up. All of a sudden, Elijah Coleman just slid in on, in there, got underneath him and caught the ball before it hit the ground. Uh, falling backwards on the turf. Incredible catch. First time we've called his name tonight. I feel it might not be the last. So now there's a timeout as the Middleton Cardinals will call a timeout, trailing it 28-7 to the Verona Wildcats with 105 left to go. As This is Zimbra Conda's presentation of Prep Mania. And it's also brought to you by Stoughton Health, and they provide trusted care close to home. They're proud to support all of the area's student-athletes and wish them all the best this season. From rehab to ortho care, Stoughton Health provides comfort and convenience locally. Visit StoughtonHealth.com to learn more. So Middleton, now they're actually saying that they didn't spike the ball, so it's actually a first down and ten. So the Cardinals got the timeout in, and they're changing the clock as well. They're going to add two seconds back on, so it's a minute seven, first and ten at the Verona 27 now. So there was just so much confusion going on, no one believed that Coleman caught that pass. (laughs) We had to just make sure the clock and everything was right. Pacini's in the pistol, play action, fires quickly to the near side. He's got a completion to Oliver. Oliver shoved out of bounds at the 10. So that'll be plenty for a first down, and they will actually move him back a yard, so it's to the 11. So Middleton can still get a first down here with a minute three now on the clock. Still have two timeouts. Again, Middleton trailing 28-7. to Now Verona's going to call a timeout. That is their second timeout. They have one remaining, as this is Zimbraconda's presentation of Prep Mania. And for nearly 50 years, Zimbraconda has provided the Madison area with quality Honda vehicles. The trusted staff of Zimbraconda's used car dealership will save you time and reduce your car buying stress by finding the vehicle that matches your style. If you're in the market for a new Honda or a used Honda, visit Zimbraconda in Madison today or online at ZimbrickHonda.com. And that catch to make it even more amazing, that's his first of the year. In the Jeez. first three games, uh, they, they've taken turns. Ansborough yeah, had a great game. And then you had another, Teff was the last one. And Oliver's had, had, had some good games. So you're looking at the wide receiver core. Both teams very deep. Most teams would love to have one of these guys. And, and you've got, you can legitimately run trips and not know who's going to get it because they're all big play guys. That's what makes an, uh, a quarterback 
You know, smile. Very exciting. He's got a lot of weapons out there both ways. Cardinals are going to want a big play here with a minute three to go in the first half, trailing by three touchdowns, 28-7. to Pacini's going to be in the gun. He has Sorensen directly behind him. And he'll hand it off to Sorensen, who will only pick up a, co- a couple. And excuse me, that was actually Kavion Whitelow. Kavion Whitelow picks up a yard, 45 seconds now. And then we have a late flag. Now Greeno made the tackle on that play for Verona. Hard to believe it's his first year off for football. He's a letter winner in hockey and baseball, but I guess better late than never. I've called his name a few times tonight. Well, and those hockey players, I mean, he knows he's not afraid of contact or collisions. So he's like, why not? Why not get a sport that's going to have about the same number of collisions for me? Just out on a grass field instead of a sheet of ice. And I'm sure the lacrosse coaches probably recruited him in the spring Mm -hmm. when baseball is a sport. So, uh, yeah, I like those guys. I love that contact out there on the field. Don't shy away from anything. So no timeouts left for the Verona Wildcats. Middleton still has two. Middleton Cardinals trailing Verona 28-7. We have 43 seconds left on the clock. It's going to be a second down and 10 at the 10-yard line of Verona. This drive looked like it maybe wasn't going to go anywhere, but all of a sudden a huge catch from Elijah Coleman as he was sliding down to the turf to get... Middleton into scoring position. Whitelow stays in at running back. He's directly behind Pacini, who has two receivers to each side of the formation. Play action. Pacini looking left, holding in there. Fires into the end zone, and it is incomplete over the head of his intended receiver, Troy Teff. Third down and 10. 38 seconds left on the clock. Looked like Miles Dawkins with a hand on that. Dad, one of the coaches, former Badger. He's got an older brother playing at Michigan State. So... Little brother can make a big play there, too. And that's something we're going to say a lot here tonight, Dennis, is dad played for the Badgers, dad coaches for the Badgers, uh, oh. dad was a former coach for the Badgers, as it is for Trey Pote. <laughs> One of my all-time favorites, Ryan Groy. Yes. Star here, played for the Badgers and six teams in the NFL. On third down, play action rollout. Pacini has pressure coming, gets away from it. Still dancing around, firing to the far side of the end zone. It's caught for the touchdown. Wide open. Guess who, Dennis? Elijah Coleman. Didn't have a catch coming into tonight, and now he's got two of the biggest catches of the first half as it's now 28-13. to Middleton trying to cut into this lead of Verona. Great timing now. They needed a score after giving up that one. Now it's a two-score game, and as we mentioned, Middleton does get the opening kickoff of the second half. Verona's putting points up. They scored their first three possessions and then just added one. But, uh, hey, Middleton can come back. This game is not in the bag. Verona's got to make some adjustments here, too, on defense. The extra point is up and good. 28 to 14 our score 31 seconds left in the first half of this game and once the game concludes stick around for the stoughton trailers final haul 
Since 1962, Stoughton Trailers has been a family-owned and operated business with competitive wages and excellent benefits, plus growth and advancement opportunities. Stoughton Trailers is an exciting place to grow your career. Join the collaboration, innovation, and dynamic team atmosphere at Stoughton Trailers with positions now open in production, operations, finance, sales, engineering, supply chain, and more. Jobs.com to apply today on behalf of Stoughton Trailers. Best of luck to all the participants in today's game. Stoughton Trailers, big trailers, big opportunity. Dennis, no timeouts left now for the Verona Wildcats. They're up by two scores still, but the ball is going to go back to Middleton to start the second half. If you're head coach Andrew Riley, are you trying anything offensively here with 31 seconds? Or you just run the ball and just go into the locker room? I say just take a knee. We'll see what happens here. One thing Middleton does not want to do is kick the ball to Trey Poteet. <laughs> so uh, we've seen uh, in our first three weeks of covering games, we've seen all of these little pooch kicks that if a team doesn't hustle to cover it, that the uh, kicking team has a chance to fall on it. So we'll see if... Uh, Maybe Verona tries to do a little trickery here. Voigt to kick. And it'll be a line drive kick taken at the 35, falling forward to the 40 for Verona. Middleton, smart, just short kick. It's the 41. So if you got a 59-yard pass play in your... your I'll tell yeah. you, 28 seconds, that's enough for three or four plays. Yeah, and every offensive coordinator has a 50-yard <laughs> pass play just ready to, to dial it up. Or a fourth and 26, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Another dig at the Packers. I'm okay with it. I'm a Cowboys fan. Oh, it doesn't okay. hurt me at all. That's true. First and 10 at the 41. Laga Messina, draw play to Bradison. Bradison's got a little bit of running room. Cuts to the right, and then he's finally stopped and brought down. That was 32, Cash Hoy, the 5'8 senior linebacker. Verona's going to go quickly as we're down to 13 seconds on the clock. Still three receivers to his right for Laga Messina. And he'll go with another draw play to Bradison, and he is met in the backfield, dropped down for a loss of two on the play as the clock winds down on the first half. And it is 28-14, to 14, our score at the half. The Verona Wildcats on top of the Middleton Cardinals in this one. It was a early score for Verona that put them on top early with 11-11 left in the first quarter. And then they had a 21 to nothing lead before Middleton was finally able to score. So again, 28 to 14, our score here at the half. I tell you, Verona came in with 63 second quarter points, and Middleton uh, 70. They combined for 29 here in the second quarter. Great offense, 28 14. Gotta love it. Can't wait for the second half. 28 to 14 our score in the first half of action the verona wildcats on top of the middleton cardinals we're gonna just take a short break and we'll have some scores from around the area with riley yauk back at the everlight solar studios hopefully my berlin indians are on top of alex gravatt's plymouth panthers as you're listening to zimbrick honda's presentation of prep mania here on espn madison We 
Welcome back to Zimbrick Honda's presentation of Prep Mania. My name is Riley Yauk here in the Everlight Solar Studios back in Madison. And boy, oh boy, do I have some updates for you around the area. Lots of good games to go over. So we're going to get right into it and start in the Badger Large as Sun Prairie East having their way with the undefeated Beavers of Beaver Dam, leading them 24-7 at halftime right now. Gabe Klatt, the starting quarterback for the Beavers, is currently injured and being tended to on the sideline. Hopefully he's okay. I'll give you an update if I have one at the end of the game. Then in Watertown, the winless Goslings on top of the Oregon Panthers 20-7 at half. Good to see the team with the best Twitter account, best high school Twitter account, in my opinion, doing well today. Nice to see them have some great updates to share. And then in Milton, my hometown, the Sun Prairie West Wolves currently lead the Red Hawks 7-6. A four-yard touchdown run from Jordan Bundy cut the lead to just one, but a bobbled snap on the PAT leaves the Red Hawks down one. Then in the Badgers small conference portage, the Warriors currently up on the Norskis of DeForest, 21-14 at halftime there. And then in Stoughton, the Fort Atkinson Blackhawks just scored a touchdown to cut Stoughton's lead down to 21-10. That game has less than a minute left in the second quarter. And in Mount Horeb, Mount Horeb Barneveld, undefeated at risk. Not that high risk. It's only halftime, and they're only down one as Sauk Prairie leads 7-6. Very low-scoring half. And both of those scores came within about the last three minutes of the half. So keep an eye on that one. Good old-fashioned Big Ten West-style brawl there. And then in the Badger crossover from the Badger small, Monona Grove currently getting thrashed by Wanakee, the fifth-ranked team in the state. They're from the Badger Large. 35 to nothing. That game's at half as well. And in the Big 8, the battle for Monterey Rock. Janesville Craig currently leading the Parker Vikings 17-7. Definitely going to keep close tabs on that one. You can hear in the radio broadcast the energy. I think the entire city of Janesville is watching that football game right now. But here in Madison, Madison West, the Regents... Currently up 7-0 on Madison LaFollette. One of those teams is going to leave with a victory, and the other will stay winless on the season. Madison Memorial up 21-7. Make that 6 over Madison East. And then your ESPN Madison Game of the Week, the Verona Wildcats. 10th ranked in the coaches' poll, up 28-14 over the 3rd ranked Middleton Cardinals. And Middleton... Ranked second in the AP poll, Verona was just receiving votes. As of now, I think they'll get a lot more votes come next week. Moving on to the Capital Conference, Lakeside Lutheran putting a whooping on Walworth Bigfoot. They're up 41 to nothing at half. We'll see how quickly that one goes with the running clock. Lodi, number three ranked team in the AP poll, up 20 to nothing on Beloit Turner. Beloit Turner looking for their first win on the season. Madison Edgewood up 14-6 right across the street at Bree Stevens Stadium. They're up 14-6 once again over New Glarus, Monticello, and you already heard it. But in case you missed it, last night, the Columbus Cardinals, second-ranked team, medium team that is, in the AP poll in the state, demolished the Lake Mills Elcats by a score of 47, 49, pardon me, 2-7. Eastern Suburban Conference can't find an update for you on Cambridge 
versus Waterloo. That's probably because no one wants me to try and sing Waterloo by ABBA again. But if I can find an update, you better believe I will be singing Waterloo. But we do have an update for you from Marshall versus Clinton. They're already in the third quarter. The fifth-ranked Marshall Cardinals up 12-7 over the Clinton Cougars in the Rock Valley Conference now. McFarland looking for their first win on the season. The Spartans currently lead the Eagles 28-14. That game is at half, and that is the Jefferson Eagles, in case you were wondering. And Monroe, the Cheesemakers, currently up 28-7 on Evansville. They're the Blue Devils and currently losing at halftime. And finally, the moment all of you have been waiting for, I'm sure just gripping the edge of your seats. I know Hunter Vaughn has. As in the East Central Conference, the Plymouth Panthers currently lead the Berlin Indians 14 to nothing at halftime. Sorry, Hunter. Hate to do it to you, but that's the facts. That game is also at half. And that'll do it for me. Those are your area updates. I'll see you after the game. We'll send it back to the currently losing Hunter Vaughn and the Dean of Area High School Sports, Dennis Semrau. You're listening to Zimbraconda's presentation of... Welcome back to Zimbraconda's presentation of Prep Mania. I'm Hunter Vaughn. Here alongside me is the Dean of Area High School Sports, Dennis Sumrau. And, you know, first, Dennis, before we get into this game, I just need to address the ESPN Madison inner office rivalry game. As you heard Riley Yauk say, the Berlin Indians are trailing the Plymouth Panthers. My alma mater are trailing Alex Gravatt, our producer tonight's uh, alma mater, 14 to nothing at the half. And just want to remind you that the Indians, they run a wing tee offense. They're a second half offense. So still plenty of time for my Berlin Indians to come back <laughs> in that one. But the game here tonight in Middleton, the Wildcats of Verona leading 28 to 14. And Dennis Middleton, they've got to try and come back in this one. And a very interesting stat that I think we're going to have to keep an eye on. We talked about how Verona's outscored their opponents in the second quarter, 63-6. to Well, in the third quarter, they've been outscored this year, 15-3. to And that's even with a 42-14 to win in Week 2 against Kenosha Indian Trail, as well as a 43 to nothing win against Madison East. I know that game means absolutely nothing to those numbers but they did have that week one loss 38 to 35 uh to muskego for that so you know knowing that stat dennis that verona's been outscored in the third quarter by their opponents so far this year it's got to be making you feel good if you're a middleton cardinal or a cardinals fan well i think you know once you get into the season sometimes you know quarters can kind of be a little bit misleading but uh uh, the, the big number here is four. First four minutes. Middleton scores, gets a stop, gets right back at it. We got ourselves a whole brand new ball game. Forget the first half. Uh, Middleton's defense, though, the first three times, it was like Swiss cheese. Verona went right through it, and then they were able to come back and get that fourth touchdown. But Middleton answered the call. These guys are fighters. You got seven, at least seven players on this team that are going to be playing college football. That, uh, 
and then a lot of others, it's their last go-around. Mm-hmm. So for the guys, sometimes the guys that uh, are going on, maybe it's not quite as important in high school, but for those seniors that every week is uh, you know one fewer week they're going to get to play football in their lives, every one of these games matters. And uh, like I said, that rivalry, when you're a senior, your big rival in the conference right now is Verona. For Middleton, you do not want to lose that. And our... Uh, Bob Reichel, a great statistician, wow. popped in some numbers for me. First half, Verona 23 carries, 78 yards rushing. Middleton 12 for 55. Verona's got 156 yards passing, three touchdowns. And uh, Middleton with 106, two scores. Yards, total yards, 234 to 161. Verona, which is why we have a 28 to 14 lead. Turnovers, though, as we say, a big one, mm-hmm. one each way. Uh, Verona quarterback got sacked. Middleton po- pounced on it. And they were able to score two plays later. And uh, for uh, Verona, they were able to take advantage of an interception and uh, punch their second score in. So um, it's it, everything went crack, it cracked up to be. We've got a lot of scoring in the game, a lot of great hits. We've seen two quarterbacks that uh, are dual threat guys that can mm-hmm. run. And that is the quarterback now. It's not handoff anymore, and it's not the... 150, 300 yards, maybe at the wing T schools, and you get down to the southwest part of the state where they just love to run the football. Uh, but a lot of these offenses are so wide open that you blink, you know. And you, and you Verona had three touchdowns over 50 yards in the first half. It's like, wow, that's what the fans come out to see. Pretty exciting game. And it is has definitely been an exciting game as we're, again, 28-14 to 14 our score here at the half. Verona on top of the Middleton Cardinals here on Zimbrick Honda's presentation of Prep Mania. And Prep Mania is also presented by Canopy Wealth Management. And they have a balanced approach to help guide you through a complex and ever-changing landscape. Throughout your family's financial planning journey, they will serve as a partner, an advocate, and steward to help achieve your goals with confidence. At Canopy Wealth Management, they believe that values matter and strengthening the community. When you work with Canopy, care, competence, and clarity isn't a tagline, it's a promise. Go to canopy-wealth.com to get started today. The Middleton Cardinals will be starting with the ball here in the second half as they look to try and make this a one-score game. And, Dennis, I think the surprising player for this Middleton Cardinals team is Elijah Coleman. He had that 41-yard reception as he was falling down, thought it was intercepted by Trey Poteet, somehow was able to grab the ball before it hit the turf, and then he followed that up with an 11-yard touchdown reception, his first two catches of the season. Yeah, first two catches of the season. And when you look at uh, the first two catches of his career, well, he's a senior. I don't remember him making catches last year. Yeah. So, um, yeah, big time, you know, as a senior, wow, what a way to go against the rivals. But that first one, that one he's never going to forget. And by the time he's done, I think 20, 30 years from now, it was a 79-yarder. Man, I got hit by three guys (laughs) falling down and whatever. You can embellish that story as you get older. That's the the joys. Just like fishing, football's a lot like fishing. Embellish those those matchups. Well, and it helps when you make a catch when you're being defended by a big-time four-star recruit like Trey Poteet. I think he's going to gain an extra star or two as that story Yeah, he's going to say, if Trey's playing in the pros, yeah, I I played, I caught a pass on that guy in high school school. You'll love it. Oh, great point. 
Again, the Middleton Cardinals will be back to return as Verona will be kicking off from left to right on your ESPN Madison radio dials. Brown will be the one kicking off. By the way, one more plug. That was Rob Reichel, the editor of the Middleton Times, also a great Packer writer, written a number of books, and uh, he provided the stats for us at halftime. Thank Rob. Hansborough on the return. He takes it up the middle across the 25, and he's hit as he gets across the 30 and brought down at the 32. It'll be first and 10 at their own 32 for the senior Gabe Passini and the Cardinals offense. And Gabe Passini only has three interceptions on the year. He threw one here tonight, so he came in with only two. So it's pretty rare that we're going to see him turn the ball over as they try to come back in this game. I think I heard a surly fan. Come on, Middleton, let's go. It was kind of a growl down there. <laughs> it was like, okay, come on. Cheer for your kids. And that's what the Middleton fans are trying to do. First and 10 at the 32. Trips right for Passini. Another low snap in the turf. He hands it off for Whitelow, and Whitelow spinning away from a tackle is brought down at the 36. So we haven't seen Bryce Falk come back out. I didn't see him get hurt, but he's been... not, on the, not on the bench here. I'm looking for him on the sidelines, looking for number 22. And, of number, course, number, as number, I say that, Bryce Falk checks back, back in number, to the game. Yeah, number one. So, Sixth place, 170-pound wrestler last year, Division One State Wrestling Tournament. As he is directly behind Passini out of the pistol. Another low snap. Gets oh, it, though, to Falk. Falk running away from defenders. He's close to midfield. Has the first down, and he's brought down at the 48. So a big run from Bryce Falk. And that's one of the few times that it's been a positive broadcaster's curse for me. Say, <laughs> I haven't seen Bryce Falk at all. Well, he just breaks off a nice run and says, I'm right here. I've been here all night, just needed to get a little bit of a breather. As the second half is getting started, we're about a minute in. The Cardinals trail the Wildcats 28-14, first and 10 at the 48. Passini in the pistol, two receivers to each side. Falk a yard behind him. Chest eye snap, pump fakes, rolls out to the near side. He's going to have to just try and run with it. Gets across midfield, picks up about three. He had a defender right on his back. That was That's Greeno, number Greeno, 45. Yeah, yeah. Again. yeah, they had a jersey. Uh, if it was a tearaway jersey, he might have made a few more yards, but those aren't tearaways here in the high school level. Greeno, you keep talking about it. This is his first year playing football as he is a hockey and baseball player. But so far on the year, coming in tonight, 23 tackles, a half a sack, a fumble recovery, and a pass breakup for the first-year linebacker. Second down and eight at midfield. Three receivers to the right, single receiver to the left. Pacini gets the chest high snap, hands it off to Falk. Falk has running room up the middle inside oh. the 40, and he stumbles over the top of a defender at the 30. Brought down at his by his knees. That was Nate Navinska on the tackle for Verona. This Middleton offense, they've started to find something with these hands up handoffs to Bryce Falk. Yeah, picked up 20 on that clip. Two first down runs here in this series now for Falk. The Wildcats are going to stay with, excuse me, the Cardinals are going to stay with that four receiver set, two to each side. Falk stays in at running back. Now a receiver comes into motion from the left side to the right. Another low snap, but it's another handoff to Falk. Falk cuts it to the left side, and he's upended yet again. 
Garrison Cotty that time on the stop. It's a pickup of three. But you notice that time he got flipped over, but on his hands, almost like a handstand, mm -hmm. and he kept moving, kept going forward. Good second effort. Falk picking up two. Looked like it was going to be no gain, but he was able, like you said, Dennis, just get forward on his hands a little bit further. That, that balance is a wrestler. One Second one. and eight at the 33. Trips right, single receiver to the left. Passini gives it again to Falk. Falk wanted to go up the middle, dances around, and then finally goes forward. And he'll get another two yards. Makes it third and six. 9.25 remaining. Verona again on top, 28-14. to 14. It looked like Boniface had the inside move there on him. And a little dance step, shuffle right, slide left, and picked up more yards there. Bryce Falk dancing around in the backfield looking like Fred Astaire, Dennis, with some of those moves with his feet. A little John Travolta there, too. Okay, we'll go with a little bit more recent reference. Play action. Pacini has pressure coming. He's going to be brought down at the line of scrimmage. There was just nobody open. Jaden Waller, the senior <laughs> defensive end, was there on the stop. Did you see him? He came out of the pile, pumping his fist like, wow, what a tackle. Yeah, show a little of enthusiasm there, guy. Nice job. So it's fourth down and seven at the 31. Uh, 26. Excuse me, yeah, at the 26. I looked at the scoreboard and it was still showing the 31. So it's fourth down and six at the 26. Play action looking right behind the end zone, and it's too far out of the reach. Trey Poteet was there on the coverage. I believe that was intended for number four, Damian Hansbro. That was a little contact there on the play. They'll push off or whatever, but uh, kind of... Uh, Held up the receiver a little bit, but no call, no low flag on the play. So smart defensive play by the uh, junior defense, defensive back. It'll be turnover on downs, makes it first and 10 at their own 26 now for the Wildcats. I think Trey's got a few lessons he learned from his dad, defensive yeah. coach, former for the Badgers. Hank. You can definitely tell he has great hand placement, rarely ever out of position is Trey Poteet. First and 10 for receiver set for Laga Messina. He's going to throw left, high over the head of Trey Poteet, the intended receiver. He was able to at least get a hand on it. But even if he had caught that, I think he was going to take a big hit from Brody Crump, the 5'10 junior defensive back. 8.05 now remaining in the third quarter. 28-14, Verona leads Middleton. The 10th ranked in the coaches poll, 10th ranked Verona Wildcats lead the number three team in Division One, the Middleton Cardinals. Second and 10 at the 26. Three receivers to the right, nobody's to the left. A little bit of movement on the defensive line, but nobody jumped across. Lagamasina now chest high snap, gives it to Bradison. Bradison on the left side. He is hit hard after a pickup of only one on the play. And guess who, Dennis? Sam Piloff there on the stop. As you'd expect, inside linebacker. It's a third down and long, so this is a huge moment for this Middleton defense. 
after they took their opening drive down to the 26-yard line of Verona, but then turned it over on downs. Third down and eight. 7.30 to go in the third quarter. Two receivers to the right, single receiver to the left. Lagamassina in the pistol, knee-high snap. Looking left, he's going to fire it deep down the field on the left side. He's got a man. It's caught at the 40 and brought down at the 35. Mike Velichka, another huge play for this Verona offense. Leave it to your go-to senior to, uh, to make a big play there. Middleton's been leaving Velichka. Just covered one-on-one. I think at some point you've got to expect them to shift a safety over the top of him. And a single coverage over there, 35 yards on that pickup. Now that flips the field. That's what you want to do for Verona. Middleton had, had a chance to get a stop and get the ball at good field position again, but unable to, to make the um, play on third down. First and 10 now at the 32 of Middleton going from left to right for Verona. They're going to hand it off on first down to Bradison. He goes over to the left, and he is met at the line of scrimmage by a flock of Cardinals for no gain. Wildcats now after no gain on the play. They'll look over to the far sideline to get their play from head coach Andrew Riley and the rest of the coaching staff for Lagomasina. Brings it into the huddle. Wildcats break, and they'll have a three-receiver set. Chapman wide right with Kenson Ponte slot right. Single receiver to the left. Lagomasina still in the pistol. Waist-high snap. Fires deep down the left sideline. He's got a man open, and it's through the hands. Incomplete. They wanted that one on third down. Or excuse me, on second down, it's now third down. Looks like Oliver Wenning, older brother Gus, was a senior a year ago. A sophomore defensive back on that play there. Pick, got just enough of a screen. The ball came through. It was tough, tough to catch. Third down and 10 after the incompletion. 6-0-2 in the third quarter. 28-14, Verona leading Middleton. Deuces left for Lagomasina, single receiver to the right. Lagomasina is going to throw, fires to the near side for Bricolet, and he is stopped at the 30. Pickup of only two on third down. Cash Hoy, the outside linebacker, there on the stop. I'm going to call Cash's name a lot tonight. Is uh, Dad Antonio, one of the assistant coaches there? Antonio is also a basketball coach here at Middleton High School. The offense for Verona is going to stay out on the field. It's fourth down and seven at the Middleton 29. Ball is spotted on the near hash mark. Slaga Messina comes into the huddle. Now the Wildcats break. Fourth and seven, 520 left on the clock. Two receivers to the right, single receiver to the left for Laga Messina. He brings his hands out in front of him, gets the waist-high snap, looking to throw. He's got to roll out. He's got pressure coming. He's hit and brought down for the sack. Dom Frost with the sack on the play. It's a turnover on downs. Middleton gets the stop they needed. Frost came in with uh, 10 tackles, one and a half sacks. Biggest sack of the season here, arguably, for him. Come from behind just enough. Get that big paw up there, grab the foot. And uh, Messina, no one of those nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. 
following the sack from Dom Frost. First and 10 at their own 36 for the Cardinals, who trail by two touchdowns. Trip, trips right, single receiver to the left. Handoff for White Low up the middle. And he spins down close to the 45. They'll mark him down at the 44. Pickup of seven on first down. Will be second down and three now. At the. Now, then keep in mind, Verona's uh, opted not to try field goals. Brickley was their kicker coming in, and now Brown is their kicker, and I think they're just going to keep going for it here. It could be advantage for Middleton. Last year, Middleton lost on two mm -hmm. fourth-quarter field goals. Second and three, play action for Passini. Fires to the near side, and it's through the hands of his intended receiver as he wanted Isaiah Oliver. It was just out of his reach. I'd say just high, a bit outside, Bob Euchre would say, just outside. So after the fastball, that was just a bit outside. It's third and three, 424. Ball's near the far hash mark as the Cardinals are going from right to left. Kavon Whitelow will stay in at running back. It's a four-receiver set. Now Oliver comes into motion from the slot left to the right side. White low gets the handoff. He's got enough for the first down, and he's brought down at the 49. The Cardinals move the chains now on a run by Kevon White low. Yeah, running behind KJ Peterson, the uh, returning starting center. First and 10. For Middleton, play action. Passini looking to throw, pump fakes. Now he's going to fire deep down the middle of the field, and it's too far out of the reach of Elijah Coleman. And the Cardinals thought they had a shot that time, but Passini just overthrew his intended receiver. An injured Wildcat on the field with 4 0 left in the third quarter. Verona leading. 28 to 14. We're going to step aside and take a quick break. Again, Verona leads 28 to 14. Superconda's presentation of Prep Mania. Twenty-eight to fourteen, our score. The Verona Wildcats on top of the Middleton Cardinals with four oh two remaining in the third quarter as the Verona player is being helped up off the field. Looks like he actually was able to even get up a little bit more on his under his own power, which is always great to see. That was Jaden Waller. That was the injured Verona Wildcat. So it's second down and 10 at the 49 for the Cardinals. As they try to get back into the game, trailing by two touchdowns. Gabe Passini now will have three receivers to his right, single receiver to the left. 
He'll bring a receiver into motion, knee-high snap, play action, looking to throw, looks right, comes back to the left, has an open receiver off his hands and incomplete. He wanted Isaiah Oliver. And there's going to be a flag in the backfield. I have a feeling this is going to go against Verona as one of the offensive linemen, Hudson Cleary, lost his helmet. Oh, and excuse me, it's actually going to be a hold. I saw an offensive lineman without his helmet on. I just kind of assumed that it was going to be a illegal hands to the face on a D lineman because that's usually what you see there. Yeah, I could see Justice Bassini set up to throw. The flag flew, so there was the, off the right side uh, of the offense. I'm not sure right guard, right tackle on that play, but uh, ref it was right in front of the official, whatever it was. So 10 yards. So after the holding penalty, then Verona's going to elect to take the penalty yardage instead of make it third and 10. They would rather have it be a second down and 20. Line of scrimmage now at the 39 of Middleton as they go from right to left. Ball is spotted close to the far hash mark. Piscini in the pistol. Two receivers each side. Oliver comes into motion from the left side over to the right to make it trips right. Piscini, play action, looking right, comes back to the left, still standing in the pocket, fires to the right side, has an open man, bobbled, and it is incomplete. And we have yet another flag, two flags in the backfield. I think this one might be a late hit. Piscini was down on the ground. So we'll have to wait to see what the call is from the official, but with how late those flags came yep. in. It is a personal, personal foul. foul penalty. Dennis, every now and again, I'm able to guess what the penalty is correctly. I feel like I got about a 50-50 clip on that when I try to guess what the flag's for. Well, as, I, as I've been told by Lyman, there's a hold on every play. It's just whether they call it or not. Exactly. So you never know. Well, you know, one of the tricks, and I see a number of the defensive linemen for Verona wearing black gloves. If you know the team's going to wear a black jersey, yeah. wear black gloves then if you're the other team. So I'm surprised that we don't see the O-linemen for Middleton wearing white gloves then. Try and hide your hands a little bit from the officials. So remember, Dennis, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Is it second <laughs> down and five now for Middleton following the penalty? And then oh. we're going to have some movement. I you could call it on about half of the offense for I Middleton. Was, I was just going to say, we haven't had a false start. <laughs> I thought it. Uh, bad vibes. Uh, my apologies there. <laughs> really. There's been a very clean game from that standpoint. No offside calls, no false starts. Had a couple of personal fouls. We've had, a, we've had the pass interference calls. But it's been, been relatively good for uh, this, this game. Again, we're week four. You like to eliminate those false starts after the and first two weeks. I think that false start, honestly, was more on the center because of half the offense <laughs> moving yeah. that I'm guessing there was miscommunication on what snap count even okay. was. Second and ten after the penalty. Line of scrimmage at the 49. Piscini, play action pass. Fires to the near side. He's got Teff at the 40. Teff hit hard and brought down at the 37. So, no, we've had three penalties in a row. It won't be four. <laughs> I'm penalties. First and 10 now at the Verona 30 remaining in the third quarter. Verona up 28 to 14. 
On the first and ten, Middleton will look to the near sideline to get the play. They'll have trips left for Pacini, who's in the pistol. Now Oliver goes into motion from the left side over to the right, make the two receivers each side. Whitelow, the running back directly behind him, fakes the handoff to Whitelow, looks to the right side, rainbows a pass over there, and it's incomplete. Trey Poteet on the coverage, and guess what, Dennis? We have another penalty flag in the backfield. And this one looks like it's uh, roughing. No, yep, roughing the passer. And it is another roughing the passer. And, Dennis, I sound like a broken record. I just don't know how else to say it. These rivalry games, these linemen, they just start getting really upset with each other, and they take it out sometimes on the wrong person. And this time it was on Gabe Pacini to then give a first down for the Cardinals. I wrote a game story in Port Curry last week where Port Sock Curry had four penalties on the drive. On this drive, we've had two penalties either way. But Middleton to be behind the chains and come up and now get a break like this, they got to take advantage of this. You got the ball, uh, 25, uh, 20, what, 23. They got to punch it in here. This is almost a must-score situation. First and 10 following the roughing the passer penalty at the 23. Pacini in the pistol, white low directly behind him. Whitelow gets the handoff up the middle. He's met in the back and down for no gain on the play. The other thing is clock is winding down here. Last couple minutes of the third quarter. Time becoming Middleton's enemy. You know, they've been able to strike, but the way Verona can control the ball on offense, you might not get too many possessions back, so that's why it's important to score in this drive. 2.40 to go in the third quarter. Second and 11 for the Cardinals. Pacini gets the chin high snap. Pump fakes. Pump fakes again. We have another flag in the backfield. Pacini's just going to run with it, and he's shoved out of bounds. Maybe a loss of one on the play, and it'll be a holding penalty against the Cardinals, so that'll back them back up. And if you can't tell, Dennis, I'm getting a little frustrated with all these penalties. We've had seven legitimate plays on this drive and five penalties of the 12 plays. Oh, yes, this is this is what uh, ages coaches and makes them pull their hair I'm going to guess that both teams, when they're watching the film oh. together, every player on defense and offense for these teams, they're going to be slumping down in their seats because <laughs> coaches are not going to be happy with them. <laughs> it's second and 21 following the penalty. Line of scrimmage at the 33. Pacini, play action, looking left, still looking. Fires left, and his receiver fell down incomplete. He wanted Easton Harrison, the junior tight end, but he had to try and stop for the ball and just fell right down on his backside. Hey, two receivers over there in that zone, but uh, neither one able to come up with it. Third and 20 after the incompletion. 2.13 on the clock. The Cardinals, again, they'll look over and get some hand signals from a couple of coaches with some bright neon hats on the near sideline. Now the team gets up to the line. Two receivers to each side. Oliver in motion from the left over to the right. Pacini looked back at his running back. Play action. Pacini looking left. Fires left. He's got Teff. Teff stumbling down at the 15 and down to the 12. That'll be enough for the first down. 
So a huge play on third down. Gabe Passini goes to his junior wide receiver to get the first down. Inside two minutes to go in the third quarter. Middleton trailing 28 to 14. Uh, needed 20 yards, got 21. Oh. Trips right, single receiver to the left. Falk is back in at running back. He's a yard behind Passini. Another low snap that rolls to Passini. He hands it off to Falk. Falk spinning away from tacklers is down to the five. The senior Bryce Falk after the carry, and we've got an injured Wildcat down on the field. So we'll have a timeout. It's going to be a second down and about three coming up. This is Zimbra Honda's presentation of Prep Mania. It's also presented by the GRB Academy, baseball for the serious player. GRB Academy wants to be a part of your plan to reach your potential. Utilize GRB Academy's 52,000 square foot facility, 14 batting cages, and 6,000 square foot weight room. Personal lessons are available year-round as well, with over 300 college players and over 150 D1 players. GRB led the way in the Midwest for college recruitment and player development. Visit GRB academy.com for more information so Dennis we've got a minute 28 to go here in the third quarter the Middleton Cardinals trailing the Verona Wildcats 28 to 14 but they're knocking on the door here I'm going to guess they've got a second and short here Middleton if they are faced with a fourth down they're not kicking a field goal they're going to try and go for it because they need to get this touchdown they need a touchdown right it's their second possession uh, Verona's had one this quarter so they've been able to overcome three penalties a couple of holds on this drive but uh, they've got to get seven and you've got uh, three plays to do it with uh, all with an all-conference potential all-state running back so and a quarterback who uh has really surprised me this year on uh, just you can tell that the guy spent some time in the weight room too the physicality he does not go down easy that second extra you know, extra effort and he's a senior so Piscini will be in the pistol as it's second and four at the six three receivers to the right falcon at running back Piscini's going to keep it he's met in the backfield and brought down for a loss on the play it was a trio of Wildcats there in the backfield. That was Jaden Waller and Jacob Bindle, as well as, I believe, Evan Bindle there on the stop and the loss. So it'll be third and nine. Well, just when I talk about his elusiveness and everything else, Waller broke through with, you know, like you said, the, it was the pack of Wildcats. And he, he grabbed him by the shoulder pads, and he was not letting him go. So the Cardinals are going to make a couple of substitutions. But they'll have three receivers to the left on this third down and nine single receiver to the right. Falcon at running back, one yard behind Pacini in the pistol. Play action, excuse me. Yes, play action. Pacini firing to the near side, and it is incomplete. It'll be fourth down and nine now with 38 seconds left to go in the third quarter. And Verona leads 28-14. to 14. Looked uh, that was intended for Teff there over in the corner. It was. So the offense is going to stay out here for Middleton. Huge play in the game. Again, the Cardinals trailing by two touchdowns. 28 to 14. 
It's a long drive, four and a half minutes here. A lot of plays. It's Hansborough and, Col- and Coleman, two receivers to the right. Oliver now joins them. Teff, the single receiver to the left. Roll out to the right for Pacini. He's looking, looking, pressure coming. A defender has a hand on him, and it's caught in the end zone. Touchdown, Cardinals. Damian Hansbro on the reception for the touchdown. Beautiful job. Scramble to the right. It's, again, extreme pressure from that defensive line for Verona. Somehow Pacini got it off. I have no idea. Just the strength and the will, and he found uh, Lane on the turf. It's like we saw with Stenbrot last week with Lake Mills, Mm -hmm. making a catch, doing everything he can to get that score. With 30 seconds left, the extra point is good, but there is a flag that was thrown right as the extra point went through. So we'll have to see what the call is. And it looks like it'll be an offsides as our video producer Ryan Woolersheim was able to catch that one. And it was an offsides penalty. So 28-21 our score. 30 seconds left to go in the third quarter. We're just going to step aside for 10 seconds for a legal ID. 10 for an ID here on Zimbraconda's presentation of Prep Mania. This is Monte Ball. Monte steps to the right, dashes, reaches, touchdown. You listen to 100.5 ESPN WTLX Monona Madison. 28 to 21 our score. Or excuse me, they haven't put up the one point yet as I just noticed the official is over talking to the co-head coaches Tim Simon and Joe Poles for the Cardinals. And I think it's just trying to figure out if they accept that penalty what would happen as well as then if they decline it. So they just want to make sure that they're making the right choice here. Now it's a 13 place 63 yard drive, 438 capped by that 11 yard scoring pass from Pacini to Hansborough. 13 plays, but there were also five yeah. penalties. So 18 penalties don't count as part of the drive, play calls, but 18 possessions on that one in four and a half minutes. So a lot of clock stoppages there with incompletions and with the penalties. So Middleton hanging right in there now. Question is, do you go for two? If it's inside, do you think you can? You got a play? I mean, I would hope that Middleton would have a play here, and I've got to guess that they're going to. It looks like the kicking unit is going to just stay out, so they're just going to re-kick the extra point. So Middleton will retry the extra point following that penalty. Right now they trail by eight. And that extra point is good. So now we can actually say it is 28-21. Verona leads the Middleton Cardinals with 30 seconds remaining in the third quarter of action. 
As this is Zimbrick Honda's presentation of Prep Mania, and for nearly 50 years, Zimbrick Honda has provided the Madison area with quality Honda vehicles. The trusted staff of Zimbrick Honda's used car dealership will save time and reduce your car buying stress by finding the vehicle that matches your style. If you're in the market for a new Honda or a used Honda, visit Zimbrick Honda in Madison today or online at ZimbrickHonda.com. So, Dennis, these Verona Wildcats got off to a hot start. They got those 28 points early, and they had a... twenty Actually, 21-0 lead yeah. before Middleton scored. So, uh, a lot of fight in these Cardinals, I'll tell you. And we're getting ready for a heck of a fourth quarter. So now, if you're head coach of the Verona Wildcats, Andrew Riley, what was your message here now to the team who's seen Middleton crawl back into this game? Patience. Guys, we can do it. Take care of the football. Ball security is number one here in the quarter. And you want to have some nice, long, a couple of sustained drives because Middleton's going to have to score once to tie and twice to get that lead. And 30 seconds left in the third quarter. Voigt will be kicking it off. It's a line drive kick. Poteet's going to get a chance at his own 12 on the far hash mark. Angles to the near side, cuts upfield at the 25-30. He's got some blockers, 40, tries to spin away from a tackle, and he's brought down at the 44-yard line. Trey Poteet had some running room, and we see what he can do. The nice 30-yard return for Trey Poteet gives the Wildcats some great starting field position. Ah, that's confidence in your kickoff return. You saw he almost got caught from behind. Somebody thought they had the angle. Maybe mis <laughs> misjudged uh, Poteet's speed because blur right by him. Just blew up and now great field position for Verona on the 44 to start. First and 10 at their own 44 going from left to right. Laga Messina straddles the 40 out of the pistol. Hand off to Bradison. Bradison takes it up the middle, but he is met at the line of scrimmage and pushed backwards. That was Burks on the stop, the big six-foot, 330-pound junior nose tackle with the stop. And the Wildcats are just going to let the clock run down as we now head into the fourth quarter of action. When we come back, we'll have a second down and nine for the Wildcats, who lead the Cardinals 28 to 21. We'll take a 60-second timeout as you're listening to Zimbrick Honda's presentation of Prep Mania on ESPN Madison. Twelve minutes left to go in this rivalry game between the Verona Wildcats and the Middleton Cardinals. It was an incomplete screen intended for the tight end Wes Brickaway on second down. Makes it third down and nine at the 45. The Middleton fans starting to make some noise. 11.57 to go. Third and nine at the 45. Two receivers to each side. Knee-high snap. Lagomasina lobs it up, and it is incomplete. It'll be fourth down and nine now. And the punting unit is going to come out for the Wildcats. Good pressure up the middle from the Verona defense. I think wanted uh, made, made Lagomasina throw that ball a little bit sooner than he wanted to. So Middleton needed a stop and got it. Now plenty of time in the fourth quarter to make to get back and tie this game up. 
Yamin Brown will be back to punt, back to return for Middleton. Standing in his own 10 is Isaiah Oliver. Middleton having to bring somebody out. Now we're going to have a whistle, and there's a flag. And it's going to be a false start on the Wildcats. This will back them up even more. Realize this is the first punt for Verona in the game. Oh, my goodness. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, they've been either going for it on those fourth downs or they've been scoring. Hadn't had one turnover on the fumble on the sack. So uh, Middleton's defense down 21-0 has really come back. And uh, momentum definitely on the side of the Middleton Cardinals here. Brown's punt nearly blocked. High side-winding punt. It's going to bounce and take a Verona Roll all the way down inside the 10. Keeps on trucking down to the 7. So Gabe Passini and the Cardinals offense of Middleton, they're going to have to go 94 yards as it's spotted at the 6 if they want to try and tie this game up. So what do you need when you just had a drive that went nowhere? 54-yard punt. Now that is called flipping the field, folks. Well, that's such a huge weapon. I mean, we always kind of jokingly say it, but our fellow teammate Brad Nortman, always such a great big defensive yeah. weapon, as his coaches would call him. Yeah. you got to show the man respect. Exactly. He was one of the best. Passini's going to keep it on first down. Dives away from a defender. All of a sudden breaks away. He's across the 20, 30. He's got a blocker in front of him. Midfield finally brought down across midfield. A huge run for Gabe Passini. That looked like it was going to be no gain, Dennis. And all of a sudden, Gabe Passini shows off those wheels and gets a huge run. I told you, that the improvement he has made in his game, let's see a veteran quarterback there, third-year starter, 48 yards on that play. First and 10 at the Verona, 46. Hand off to White Low up the middle, and he falls forward, gets inside the 45, down to the 43. We'll give White Low two yards on that first down carry. Makes it second and eight at the... 44. So we're down to 10.45 now. It's 28 to 21. Middleton trailing Verona. Passini in the pistol. Knee high snap. Now it's Falk gets the handoff off to the left. He makes a man miss. And is able to pick up four. We talked about flipping the field on the punt. Middleton just flipped the field with that huge run by Passini, but now you want you don't want to be able to punt in trap Verona. You want to score in this drive. You've got all the momentum in your favor right now. They do is, again, they trailed at one time 21 to nothing. They have a third down and five at the 41. Three receivers to the right for Passini. Passini wants to throw to the left. Now he lobs it up there, and Trey, excuse me, that was Garrison Cotty nearly had the interception. I just assumed if a defender is nearly going to intercept it for Verona that it's Trey Poteet. But that was Garrison Cotty on the coverage. Incomplete pass. Makes it fourth down and five. 
9.56 to go in the game. Maricotti is also a second-team uh, all-conference uh, defensive back last year. With uh, Potit, Belviska, Cotty, Dawkins. That's a great secondary here, probably the best in the Big 8. Fourth and five. Ball's at the 41. Pacini in the pistol. Trips right. Single receiver to the left. Play action. Pacini looking to throw. He's got pressure. Rolls out to the near side. He's trying to get upfield. Now he's going to fire. He's got a completion. And that's inside the 30 all the way down to the 24. Drew Cooney on the reception. The junior tight end. A huge play on fourth down. Gives it him. The Cardinals a first and 10 at the 25. They're quickly back up to the line. They're going to flip the formation. Three receivers left, single receiver to the right. Cassini looking over to the sideline to get the play. His toes are on the 30, out of the pistol. Brings his hands up to his chin, looks to each side, now gets the chest high snap, but we have a flag on the play. Oh, delay possibly here. And it's going to be a false start false penalty. Nope. It was close because they had, they stood there for a little while. But the false start penalty will back them up five yards, makes it a first down and 15 at the Verona 30. Well, they had three penalties on their last scoring drive and punched it in. We'll see what happens here. That was a 24-yarder. So what do we get on the first one? Uh, 40, 48 and 24 yards with his feet and with his arm for Pacini. Two great plays on this drive by the senior quarterback. Nine minutes to go in the game. First and 15. Pacini again in the pistol. Chin high snap. Play action. Makes a man miss. Fires down the far sideline and it's incomplete. He had his open receiver, Isaiah Oliver. But again, it was just a little underthrown and Oliver falling down. Couldn't get back to the ball. Second and 15. Tough throw. Going to his left. Didn't quite have his feet positioned right. Kind of thrown back away from his body. Not able to step into it. So that obviously came up short, and Oliver could not make a play on it. After the incompletion, still second and 15 at the Verona 30. Middleton trails by 7, 28-21. A rolling snap back to Pacini yet again. He's going to throw. Has pressure coming. Dances to the near side. He's spun around. Still staying up, though. Still stays up and then flips it over the back of his head and out of bounds. They're going to say that his forward progress stopped. I mean, really, it was more his backward progress stopped. Yeah, they're going to say that uh, it was in the, in the uh, clutches of the defender. So that's going to be a sack. So now after that huge run from Gabe Pacini, the Cardinals offense moving backwards. Loss of nine on that play, so third and 24. Line of scrimmage at the 39. The first down marker at the 15 of Verona. Four receiver set, two to each side for Pacini as he straddles the 45, brings Oliver into uh. motion. And now we've got a whistle, and it looks like a timeout as Verona tried to get a substitute in late. That's the first timeout used by the Wildcats here in the second half. 28-21 our score. The Verona Wildcats on top of the Middleton Cardinals. We're going to take a 30-second timeout as well with 7.57 left to go. This is Zimbra Conda's presentation of Prep Mania on ESPN Madison.
The Middleton Cardinals will definitely get a big applause if they can convert on third and 24 with 7.57 to go in the game, trailing by seven to their rivals, the Verona Wildcats. Trips left for Passini, single receiver to the right. Passini looking left, now has to come back to his right. He's got pressure again, throws it to the right. He's got an open man, and he's brought down a big game to Cooney. But it's not going to be enough for a first down, but it at least makes this fourth down now coming up a little bit easier for the Cardinals. They'll say he's down at the 19, makes it fourth down and four, a gain of 20 on third down. That's easy that's, math for me, Oh, Dennis. boy, that's taking a chunk out of it now. It's, this is doable. you got a few options here on fourth down and four. Fourth and four from the 19, 7.15 to go. Trailing by seven are the Cardinals. Piscini, play action. Fires to the left side. He's got a man open close to the first down marker. Depends on where they give him the spot. Yep. That was Isaiah Oliver. Verona saying it's a turnover on downs. Middleton saying it's a first down. That first down marker is the 15. Far side official marked it right there at the 15. And both teams are staying out there. And the officials are, there's going to be an official timeout. They're going to have a conversation here and take a look at this. The ball right now is sitting at the 15 as they'll bring the chains out. Boy, That's where the first down marker is. 13-play drive. They'll extend it. <laughs> and now a nine on this one. Can't quite see Got where it. the marker is. And it is going to be a first and 10 for the Cardinals. By a half of the ball, Middleton stays alive, trailing seven. First and 10 at the 14. 7.08 to go. Clock is running. Trips right, single receiver to the left. Pacini in the pistol, standing on his own 20. And we have a whistle, and guess what, Dennis? <laughs> no, not another penalty. A false start. And it's another false start penalty. So, Dennis, one of your keys to the game for the Verona Wildcats, I mentioned it earlier, was no drive-killing penalties. Both teams have had some drive-killing and well, drive-extending penalties. Middle, Middleton had three on the last uh, drive and scored. They've only got two. They got one more to get here. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, be, be ready. <laughs> That's their lucky number of penalties that they need to get so. to get a touchdown. So now first and 15 of the 20. Oh, it gives you a little bit more room to run a play. Look at it positively. Middleton trails by seven, 6.40 to go. Three receivers to the right, another play action for Piscini. Piscini throws the Falk in the flat on the far side. He's going to spin away from a defender inside the five. Has a first down at the three. It'll be first and goal now for the Cardinals. I believe that's the first catch for Falk tonight, isn't it? Or did he get one very early? I believe but it is. They've been doing great a call of out of the been, been going to the tight end, the wide receivers, and use your best running back. Piscini, great play. Piscini's in the pistol, first and goal at the four. Three receivers to the right, single receiver to the left. Falk stays in at running back. Piscini win a hard count, then looks over to the right side to his near sideline to get a new play. Now he's going to go up under center, takes the snap. There's going to be a whistle, though. He maybe picked up two false yards, start. and it's another false start penalty. So we're at four penalties on this drive for Middleton. 
Like you said, Dennis, last drive for the Cardinals. They had five. Well, it's three. It's oh, a that's third. three? Two false start, uh, three false starts on this drive. Okay, so they still need two more to get to their five penalties. But, but, well, the, but the two are on Verona. Oh, so, so it was, five it was total. total. Okay. It was so I misunderstood right. you. Middleton's got three on that one. Now three on this one. Now they can score. Okay. <laughs> my, okay so they understand my logic here. <laughs> I, it took me a little bit, but now I'm Sorry. tracking with you. Usually you and I are pretty much on the same page, but we just I just took oh. a little while to understand. <laughs> 5.50 remaining in the game. Cardinals trail 28-21. Trips right, single receiver to the oh. left. Another rolling snap to Pacini. He's going to pick it up and run. And he's caught from behind at the five, and it looks like it'll be a loss of one. Nate Novinska was there uh, on the stop. It was actually zero Strasser's the one that caught ah. him from behind. But, yeah, Novinska will finish it off. Nate Novinska's just everywhere on the field, so it's every time I look up, I yeah. see him right there by the ball. It'll be second and goal at the six now. 5.15 to go. Still all three timeouts for Middleton. They're going to stay with that three receivers to the right, one lone receiver to the left. Screen to Falk on the near side. He tries to beat his man to the corner. He's hit at the five, stays up, still moving forward. He's inside the five and brought down at the two. Bryce Falk with some tough running. Picks up four. Makes it third and goal at the two now. Quickly back into the formation. Pacini under center drops the snap. He's able to fall down on it, though. Makes it now a fourth down and two. Clock is going to keep running as we're down to 4.30 to go. Now we're waiting for the officials. They're going to show fourth down. It looks like the three-yard line. It's marked at. Now we have a timeout. As we're down to 4.13 to go, there's some confusion, uh, and that's an official's yeah. timeout. Yep. So I don't know if they're saying that maybe Verona recovered the fumble or if there should have been a well, flag maybe. Uh, uh, unlike Saturdays with the Badgers, there's no play under review, so no video on this one. That well, was the 13th. Our video producer yeah. looks over at you like, what are you talking about? Yeah, we well, do have video on but, our broadcast. But they on, won't, let him, we yeah. won't let us use it. That's Unfortunately, all. we don't have instant replay on Sorry, Ryan. our video broadcast. <laughs> but a huge thank you to primetime Ryan Wollersheim. Our video. Oh, I like that tonight. prime time, Ryan. Yeah, that, I can't. I can't take credit for that, Dennis. That was where to come? Jim Rutledge and oh, Hamilton. Okay. Oh, that's good. Okay. Rutledge and Hamilton today. I missed that one. Thanks, Fourth guys. and goal at the three. Quick snap up ahead, no. and it looks like the, the Wildcats got the stop. They did. It'll be a first and ten at their own two. A huge stop for the Verona Wildcats defense with 4:03 to go. So the Cardinals tried that quarterback sneak three times inside the five-yard line, and it got stopped all three times. Middleton had the play. That was a 14-play, 91-yard drive that took over seven minutes, over half the quarter, and all they did was flip the field. Now you got to see defense rip the ball out, 
go for the tip, go for an interception. Short field, a pick six right here. You know, Middleton's looking for their defense now, come up with a big play. Otherwise, Verona could go the length of the field and with the last 403, basically run the clock out. Cardinals do have all three timeouts. Laga Messina is going to be under center, receiver to each side of the formation. Bradison, the lone running back. We've got a flag on the play, and they just. Why uh, not? Wildcats just tried to go quarterback sneak, get a little bit more breathing room, but it's going to back them up half the distance to the goal, so we're in safety territory with 401 to go. Our partner, Jesse Nelson's favorite play is the safety. And it's it's so fitting that the hall monitor, Jesse Nelson, favorite play, probably one of the most boring ways that you can score in a football game, a that's, safety. It's because we did a game at Stoughton and they had two and we almost had a third one. I thought he was going to get so excited. It's now first and 11, and they'll go quarterback sneak, try to pick up as much room as they can Will the Wildcats. They maybe got Laga Messina back to the line of scrimmage. So they'll give him a yard. Makes it second and ten. Clock's going to keep running. 3.40 to go. Cardinals trail by by 7, 28-21. Again, Middleton still has all three of their timeouts. Yeah, I'd like to get a stop here and then be able to use your timeouts to come down and get that tying score, or do you go for the two for the win? Wildcats are going to be in the pistol. Two receivers to the left, single receiver to the right. Now Lagamassine is going to bring a man in motion from the left side over to the right. Bradison, the running back, behind Lagamassina. He's going to hand it off to Bradison. Bradison gets through the first line of defenders and is brought down at the six. The pickup of four inside three minutes now. And we have a third down and five. And we have a whistle and a timeout. So that's going to be Middleton's first timeout that they're going to use. Because again, the Cardinals trailing by seven, 28 to 21, 250 left to go in the game. And Dennis, you've got a third down and five now if you're Verona. You're just running the ball here, right? You don't want to stop the clock. You don't want to keep it moving, and you don't want to pick six. So unless you've got a safety valve out in the flat trying to keep a drive, it's got to be almost a sure thing. So is this maybe a spot if you're thinking you're going to pass if you're Verona? I mean, I don't think they should, but it's maybe you get Laga Messina rolling out and you just tell him you look for your one guy, Mike Velichka. If he is covered at all, you just run with it. I'd rather have a loss of one or two. Either bring a, bring a pattern to the tight end underneath yep. or where maybe catch him over the middle, but you do not want to pick six here. Third down and five at their own seven. 2.50 to go in the game. Middleton trails Verona by seven. Lagamassine is going to look to pass. He's going to fire it down the far sideline. That's incomplete. Stops the clock with 2.47. So it'll be fourth down and five, and the punting unit and Yaman Brown will come out. So now if you're Middleton, you're bringing ten guys yep. Yep. to try now, and block this punt. Now you did. You stopped the clock, so you helped Middleton. 247, both two timeouts left and a chance for a short field. It's 
Fourth down and five. Brown is going to be punting about six yards deep into I, the end zone. Isaiah Oliver back deep. He's uh, He averaged 15 yards per return coming into this game. A high end over end kick. Oliver is going to let it go as it bounces at the 45. Takes a Verona roll and is going to be touched down at Middleton's own 46-yard line. 2.36 left to go. Middleton, again, they trail only by seven. At one time in this game, they were down 21 to nothing about halfway through the second quarter. They were able to battle back. They got two touchdowns in the second quarter to make it 28-14 at the half. And then they got a touchdown with 30 seconds left to go in this third in the third quarter to make it a one touchdown game. Pacini hands it off to Falk up the middle, and he is dragged down from behind, but he picks up four on first down. Now on the 46, good field position, but still that was a great punt, 47 yards on, on the end. Uh, try to flip the field, at least uh, make uh, Middleton have to have a few first downs. Second down and six. Clock is running. 2.10 to go in the game. Four receivers, two to each side. Oliver comes into motion from the left side to the right, makes it three receivers to the right side. Pacini looking to pass, looks to the near side, has pressure. He's got to try and run away. Pacini makes a man miss. He's able to get across midfield into Wildcats territory and is brought down at the 49. Looks like picked up a couple on that one. Just kept the kept it moving but still time clock does keep running as Pacini couldn't get out of bounds or get to the first down so we're down to 130 now it's third down and five Oliver in motion from the right side to the left makes it three receivers to the left Pacini gets the chest high snap steps up in the pocket fires to the left side and that's incomplete he wanted his junior receiver Troy Taff but it was at his ankles. It's fourth down and five. And Dennis, this is the play to decide the ball game. We get the good ones, don't we? We really do. Right down to the end. It's third time in four weeks. 121 left in the game. 28-21. Wildcats lead the Cardinals. Pacini from the pistol, straddling his own 45. Gets the snap, looks to throw, pump fakes. He feels the pressure coming. He's going to run with it. He is brought down, not even close to the first down marker. Turnover on downs, and the Wildcats are going to come away with the victory. Well, you want to credit number 92 on the pressure there. Was that uh, Rowan uh, Boniface made him step up in the pocket, then thought... uh, Pacini thought he saw something, but it brought him down from behind. He had a kind of stutter step and uh, just came up way short. So the Wildcats with 117 to go. And just need to run just a couple of plays because the Cardinals do have two timeouts left. But Laga Messina is going to be in the pistol. He'll hand it off to Bradison to the right side. Bradison has running room across midfield. The 40, 35, 30, one man to beat, and he is tripped up at the 20. Huge run for Chase Bradison down to the 20. A minute nine now. 
but there's a flag in the backfield. And it's going hold. to come back. A hold on the Wildcats. So there's still a little bit of life left in the Cardinals. But you don't get the time back on the clock when you get the yards back. So Well, Bradison ran that so fast, it was only about eight or nine seconds. So. <laughs> 109 left, 69 seconds, two timeouts. But uh, big, big one there. Yeah, Verona just didn't not put the ball in the air. Just keep it on the ground here. After the holding penalty, it's first and 20 on their own 38 now. Two timeouts left for Middleton, 109 to go in the game. Cardinals trail the Wildcats by 7, 28 to 21. Lagamassina in the pistol, receiver to each side. He's got Bradison two yards behind him. Lagamassina gets the knee-high snap, hands it off to Bradison again to the right. Bradison met and hit at the 40, and there's a timeout for Middleton, they'll have one remaining. This is going to bring up a second down and very long after there was that holding penalty with 48 seconds to go here in the game. Again, 28 to 21 is our score. Verona, they haven't scored in this game. Since a minute 32 to go in the first half. I'll tell you, 21-point lead yeah, some, against good teams. That's too big a hole, it looks like, mm -hmm. for Middleton to overcome. They gave it a valid effort here, but still time. Still things can happen. Fumbles. Uh, if Verona doesn't, uh, I doubt they're going to go to the air here. But, again, ball security has been their big factor here and a stout defense being able to stop Middleton on a fourth, fourth and goal drive. Yeah, I would absolutely be shocked if Verona were to throw the ball here as they have a second down and 20. We set it week one against Muskego in that, that three-point loss. So Verona's a real deal this year. And uh, this conference title they won last year, it took a while for them to get one. But ever since they moved to the conference, the Big A in 2008, this Middleton-Verona uh, uh, rivalry has overtaken the Sun Prairie now that Sun Prairie's mm -hmm. in the Badger Large. This is the big rivalry uh, for these two schools in the conference. Second and 20, 48 seconds left to go. Verona trying to run out the clock and come away with a seven-point victory. Bradison gets the handoff again over to the right side and picks up a yard, and there will be another timeout for the Middleton Cardinals. They are out of timeouts with 45 seconds now left as it'll be a third down and 19 and we are going to take a 30 second timeout along with both teams as verona leads 28 to 21 you're listening to zimbrick honda's presentation of prep mania on espn madison when i'm gone i'm never really gone you think you're moving 45 seconds remain as the verona wildcats try to take down the number three team in the state now the Wildcats here on third down. They are going to look to pass. Laga Messina just dancing around, dancing around, brought down for a loss. And I think this was actually a brilliant play. I was very confused at first. But Laga Messina dropped back, and he was just looking at the clock, waited to, to get tackled until it was inside 40 seconds here on the fourth down. 
So we're down to 20 seconds left to go. Middle has no timeouts left. Both teams still lining up like they're going to punt, so I think the officials are saying that there was 42 seconds left, and there's still uh, the play clock to deal with. The Verona fans are ecstatic, ecstatic on the That's far it. sideline. Time out. Game's and over. The clock hits zero. The Verona Wildcats coming away with a huge upset victory over the number three team in the coaches' poll, the Middleton Cardinals. 28-21, to 21, our score. Dennis, Verona able to hold on for this huge victory. That was the defensive stand of the season. A 14-play, 91-yard drive by Middleton. Fourth and goal from the three. Middleton tried to go up with a sneak, and that defensive line for uh, Verona was just fierce. A nose tackle is... Uh, is Waters, you had Boniface and Jacob Bindle, the, the front three there. The linebackers filling uh, Greenlow, and I'm sure uh, Brickley was in the middle of that mess too. But a great, just a fantastic game for the defending conference champions. You're, down, you're up by 21, and now the other team's got the ball. They're back in it. It looks like they're going to really, you know, your back's up against the wall, and that's a conference championship team uh, responding. If you want to win the title, you got to be able to withstand games mm-hmm. like this. For Middleton, just a heartbreaker, but a good effort on their part. But I'll tell you, Verona took everything Middleton had, and uh, just a couple more plays. Those big plays in the first half will go through the uh, roundup at the end. But I think the big scoring plays, that was it. But defense wins championships yep. right there. Again, 28-21, to 21, Verona takes down their rivals, the Middleton Cardinals. This is a Zimbrick Honda's presentation of Prep Mania. It's also presented by UW Credit Union. And for over 90 years, UW Credit Union has helped Wisconsinites achieve their financial goals at every stage of life, offering great rates for greater possibilities. Join today at uwcu.org. UW Credit Union is a is proud to support all of the area student athletes. Make sure to listen every week to hear who the student athlete of the week is. We're going to just take a quick break and when we come back final hall. Again, our final score, 28-21. Verona takes down Middleton here on Zimbra Honda's presentation of Prep Mania on ESPN Madison. Our final score, the Verona Wildcats, the number 10 team in the coaches poll, come away with the big road victory over their rivals, the third-ranked Middleton Cardinals as this is now time for the Stoughton Trailers final haul since 1962 Stoughton Trailers has been a family owned and operated business with competitive wages and excellent benefits plus growth and advancement opportunities. Stoughton Trailers is an exciting place to grow your career. Join the collaboration, innovation, and dynamic team atmosphere at Stoughton Trailers with positions now open in production, operations, finance, sales, engineering, supply chain, and so much more. Go to stojobs.com to apply today. On behalf of Stoughton Trailers, best of luck to all the participants in today's game. Stoughton Trailers, big trailers, big opportunity and Dennis this was a huge opportunity for the Verona Wildcats who needed some sort of a big 
signature victory after they fell in week one on a last-second field goal to Muskego. They come into their rival's house and get a big 28-21 victory. Yeah, and there was sports in that poll. Verona was 10 and Middleton was 3. Yep. The Associated Press, we do three divisions, large, mm-hmm. medium, small. Middleton was 2, and Verona got four votes. One of them was mine <laughs> for 10th place. They're going up this week. Yeah. Definitely up 10 team. A, t- a couple of numbers. Five. That's five touchdown catches by Volichka in the last two games from uh, Laga Messina. This is a quarterback who's waited four, three years high school. It's his fourth year. He finally gets to start. He was on the JV team as a freshman when Andrew Riley was his coach. So Coach Riley's seen him all the way through. He can't um, he can't just say enough about how he has improved. And that connection with Velichka goes back to the grade school days. So that was good to see. The big thing was 21-point lead against a team in a game like this. You can't spot a team three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. In one or two or scores, you can go back and forth. But that 21, and then in that second half, you, I, I, well, we had 29 points in the second quarter. We had seven. This is where defenses kind of come up. Even though we had some long drives, what was it, uh, Middleton had... Had the ball only at, what, four, four drives? And uh, I think uh, Verona had it four. But uh, Middleton had the two long ones, the one that got a touchdown, 13 play, and then the killer, the 14-play, 91-yard drive that Verona got the stop on uh, inside the five, went at the two-yard line on fourth and goal. Defense wins championships. Mm-hmm. Uh, they say offense sells tickets. But Verona, after losing that first game on a heartbreaker on the field goal, where they really battled back against Muskego, and I think stake claim for being one of the better teams in the area, now that elevates them up, I think, when you knock off a Middleton team, which has got seven, at least seven future college players on it, including a couple of guys going T1 mm-hmm. to Rutgers. So, um, and it's a rivalry, but now both teams have to go on next week. Uh, Verona, I was just going to say, yeah. yeah Verona, Verona's got to go down and play Parker. Uh, and they had their big rivalry game yep. with, with Danceville Craig. And Middleton's got to go play Madison Memorial, which we will call next Thursday night. Yes. A Thursday game, uh, another one, that's our third one of the season already. We're putting you to work yeah. this year, Dennis. No, but that, that'll be a bounce-back game for Middleton. They really have to come out strong in that one. But mm-hmm. this is... Uh, you know, again, when you lose a close one like this, it's a heartbreaker. But <laughs> Verona's no slouch. I mean, that's a great team. I was really glad to see uh, an outstanding game on both sides. Unfortunately, we had eight penalties on those yeah. last couple of drives. Get a little sloppy there toward the end. But when you're really fighting and scrapping for every yard, that's going to happen. But uh, appreciate uh, being able to call a game here. And the stadium is beautiful since they did the renovation. We had a great crowd. It was just a great high school football game, what we yep. really look forward to calling every week. And, Hunter, my man, we get the good ones every week. We really do. And <laughs> I know. can't wait to see what we get next week. I'm sure Jesse Nelson is going to be praying for another good one as you and Je- Jesse Nelson will be on the call Thursday night for that game between Middleton and Madison Memorial. As, again, that pregame show that is going to kick off at it's actually going to kick off at 6:50 will be the start of the broadcast as we'll have the Great Dane huddle going from six to 6:50 and then and, you guys will be and on no, the call and no there. video that night correct there won't be a stream, correct. There and, be a stream on YouTube for that game it'll just be on ESPN Madison but if you're not in the Madison area and you can't get 
93.5 FM. You can still listen on the ESPN app. You just go down to that audio section. You get ESPN Madison, or you can stream it as well through Wisconsin On Demand. And then Friday night, we will have the video broadcast as well as you and I. We head up north. We're going to go up to DeForest as the Stoughton Vikings take on the Norskis of DeForest in that one on Friday night. That'll be our normal start time for the broadcast at 6.30 with the kickoff time still at 7 o'clock for that one. And that'll be a real big game because it'll be the last time these two teams meet in a regular season. As of next year, the Badger Conference, there's a large and a small, and there's no crossovers. Mm -hmm. And DeForest will be in the large, Stoughton will be in the small. So we'll have another great one. Two really good games next week. And, uh, again, it's great to have Ryan here doing the video and the guys back in the studio. It was an awesome Friday night, man. It's times like this. It just flies by. I can't believe we're done already. Yes, and, again, thank you so much to Primetime, Ryan as our audio producer, Alex Gravatt, and our Zimbrakonda's presentation of Prep Mania, the Verona Wildcats winning 28-21. to And for nearly 50 years, Zimbrakonda has provided the Madison area with quality Honda vehicles. The trusted staff of Zimbrakonda's used car dealership will save you time and reduce your car buying stress by finding the vehicles that match your style. If you're in the market for a new Honda or a used Honda, visit Zimbrakonda in Madison today or online at ZimbrakHonda.com. We're going to send it back to Riley Elk at the Everlight Solar Studios downtown just off of the Capitol Square in Madison as he'll have some final scores from around the area. And, Riley, I'm hoping that you give me some good news that the Berlin Indians came back and took down Alex Gravatt's Plymouth Panthers. Thank you all so much for listening to Zimbrick Honda's presentation of Prep Mania on ESPN Madison. Time for me to Welcome back to Zimbrick Honda's presentation of Prep Mania. And it is time for us to fly in just about six minutes. But first, let's fly around the area and get some scores. We have a few that haven't hit final, but just about all of them have wrapped up. And let's start in the Badger Large, why don't we? As Sun Prairie East takes care of business against the Beaver Dam Golden Beavers, winning 34-19, handing Beaver Dam their first loss on the season. Then we have, oh my goodness, before I give you a final score, I just got to give you the story to end this game. Watertown versus the Oregon Panthers. I was just floored. This was crazy to follow on the Watertown Twitter account. So, Watertown tied it up with 41 seconds to go at 27 apiece. They kick off. Oregon gets it at about their own 22-yard line. They fumble their very first snap of the drive. Watertown recovers, drives to about the five-yard line. They line up for a field goal attempt with 13 seconds to go. There is a bad snap. The kicker grabs it, runs around, doesn't know what to do, clearly throws it right into the chest of an Oregon defender. He drops it. I was confused here. I assumed it was fourth down. I didn't know what was going on. Then Watertown, it wasn't fourth. They line up for another chance at the field goal with five seconds to go. And Davis Cashin for the Goslings cashes in from 21 yards away. And the Goslings get their very first win in 714 days. Are you kidding me? 
Shout out the Goslings. Watertown defeats Oregon 30-27. to What a game. What a game. And speaking of what a game, Milton in another tight one as they cannot get it done this week as the Sun Prairie West Wolves use a last-second field goal of their own to defeat the Milton Redhawks 10-9. Going on to the Badger Small, the DeForest Norskis currently up 40-35 to on the Portage Warriors. Don't have a final for you there, but if I had to guess, it is very close to the end. It's been back and forth all night. We'll see what transpires. If you know... Congratulations. I don't. But now, Stoughton currently also in the fourth quarter. Let's see if that game's wrapped up. Yes, it has. Fort Atkinson staved a furious, furious comeback, but Stoughton holds them off. They win 43-31 to in that one. And for the Mount Hora Barneveld Vikings, they take care of business against Sock Prairie 41-7. to and in the Badger crossover, small versus large, Monona Grove stands no chance against the number five ranked Wanakee Warriors. They get trounced 63 to nothing by the Pat Rice led Warriors. Then in the Big Eight, the battle for Monterey Rock. Janesville Parker rattles off 21 unanswered points to defeat Janesville Craig 27 to 17. That Monterey Rock going to stay on the west side for another year. First winning streak in the series in four years. That is a fantastic rivalry if you love high school football. Madison West up 35 to nothing on La Follette. No update on the final. I'm assuming that game is under wraps, though, as well. Madison Memorial takes care of business against Madison East, 49-18 in that one. And you heard it right here on 100.5 ESPN. The 10th-ranked Verona Wildcats upset. The third-ranked Middleton Cardinals, 28-21. In the Capital Conference, Lakeside Lutheran defeats Walworth Bigfoot by a score of 48-0. Not really close there. The third-ranked Lodi Blue Devils take care of business against Beloit Turner, 43-0. New Glarus Monticello knocks off Madison Edgewood right across the street, 20-14 at Bree Stevens. And yesterday, Columbus, the Cardinals' second-ranked team in the medium division in the AP poll, defeats the Elcats of Lake Mills 49-7. to And the Eastern Suburban Conference never got an update for you on Waterloo oh, versus Cambridge. That game ended. I don't know what happened there, but nothing for you. Apologies on my part. Couldn't get it done for you. We'll do better next week. Marshall. Fifth-ranked team in the medium rankings for the AP poll. Defeats Clinton, 30-13. No real struggle there in Rock Valley Conference. Jefferson takes care of business. Pardon me, they got destroyed by McFarland for their first win on the season, 41-21. Spartans win that one. And the Monroe Cheesemakers defeat the Evansville Blue Devils, 34-7. And the game, Hunter and G have been waiting for all night to hear the final four. Alex Gravatz, Plymouth Panthers. Knock off the Berlin Indians 35-8. to Not a close one. Hate to say it, Hunter. But that's going to do it for me for Alex Gravatt, Chuck Stanger, Ryan Wollersheim, Hunter Vaughn, and the Dean Dennis Semrau. I'm Riley Yauk. You have been listening to Zimbraconda's presentation of Prep Mania. God bless. We'll see you next week, folks.